Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, let's see. Remove it makes another lie, it thinks. Odds are you'll do show you it's to its brute foreskin. Secret bells, think, think. Secret bells, think, think. Didn't do it's due foreskin and make the way it's due name. Bell think with a textile that would make Jimmy Durant Bell think. Oh, what it say? Who do all pray? Secret mail 
Mouse Tank Tank Secret Mouse Tank Tank Puts the middle weapon And remakes no devil claims I'm going to prison And as they type with a suit You're the dragon Now it looks like Between Melissa's leather lips My milk tomorrow Secret Bells think think Secret Bells think think this is for score skin and the clip the way it's due name. Secret Jubor Mom. I'm George T.K., and mischievous Mr. Possums are not welcome in these parts. You're listening to Pastor Lindsay, the movement turned. Yappy 
No, this is the movement turd. And also known as the Dick Dick Show. And your host is Pastor Martin Luther Drzezki Winston. And if you want to call in, and if you dare, call in. Hail victory, folks. Greetings, Zogling, Quigger, and Mads, Clouds, across the bridge, and Zog, playing here in the open air, Coast Coast Nuthouse. We call Zog Babylon the third and final, but the show, as always, is aimed at the lost and found sheep of the house of Israel. The chosen seed of Israel's race, ye who did hear Christ's call. Greetings. This is episode number 295 of around close to 700 of the moving turd. Uh, today is the 13th of September, 2015, and it is what? Oh, it is what? 1044? Grand Beyond Central on Standard Time. Uh, heck, ran a little bit late. Uh, actually, I, I got an agenda put up uh, for tonight. I got my form put up. Uh, folks, I was thinking here. This past week, let's see, it was a three-day weekend, last weekend. And then on Tuesday, Trader Glenn Miller got the death penalty, from my gather here. Yeah, well, he, he went through there. He got the death penalty. Or, or something here, and there was some pissing and moaning, and you know, really only in the part of, uh, only on the part of, uh, you know, this Jew Alex Winder. That was the only one who really had much of anything to say. You know, him and Linder's Tard Trail. The rest of the bowel movement wants to pretend that they don't know a damn thing about it. They want to pretend that you know, hey, who's Trader Glenn Miller? So, you know, you go ahead and you look at that, and uh, I did a number of shows. I did a, what, well, I did a, you know, Tuesday, well, maybe not Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday. I think I did a Friday show, or I did a September 11th show. When would that be, Saturday night? And uh, so I did quite a few shows here. I did about, I think, four shows on this this past weekend. Now, the next show coming up will be back to Understanding Dual Seed Line Christian Identity. And tonight is actually the uh, sunset for the days for the Feast of Trumpets. And the Feast of Trumpets uh, celebrates or essentially observes what will be, what is coming up, the Great Tribulation, uh, which will last, what, three and a half years of bad shit and then what? Three and a half years of even worse shit until Christ comes back. So the Feast of Trumpets celebrates what is coming up. Now, I was uh, looking at Rabbi Fink, and Rabbi Fink had Mike the Kite Delaney and another Wigger Faggot. Now, Mike the Kite Delaney, I think, is a Jew, uh, a, a thieving Jew at that. And the thieving Jew, uh, and, uh, you know, here's Bale Fink. They're arguing, they're arguing, the world is flat like Melissa's pancake tits. No, 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 the world is curved and rough like Rabbi Finkelstein's pivoted nigger kite nose. Now, folks, I, I believe that the, you know, the earth is sort of like a, sort of like a ball. You know, I don't believe that it's sort of like a 50-cent piece, you know, just sitting on top of a, gigantic mud turtle here and the mud turtle just 
whips it up, just whips it up, you know, every every so often here, and it uh, it goes ahead and shows another side to it here. But there are people who believe that. That's fine. Doesn't really matter here. Uh, the reason Bale Fink was bitching about is that there's this one character called Don Spears, you know, Don the Baptist Spears, and him and I guess you know the pitcher possum and maybe this uh, Ashkenazi Melungeon, you know, cut nut retard uh, named Dan Johns. Uh, he wants to uh, he wants to go ahead and claim that as well, and it gets to where it doesn't really doesn't really matter. Uh, essentially, he's mad because Dan. You know, let's see, you know, Don the Baptist had a daughter named Cammy who was married to a rather rough looking, tough looking engine, and old Finkelstein wanted some of that Cammy Kuntang. And he went down there and seen the engine, and he didn't want to mess with it. I mean, Bale Fink is a big coward. He's a big Jew pussy. He was violent, but only if his victim is essentially, oh, handcuffed and much smaller than him, and he can get by with that here. So anyway, uh, you know, I was listening to some of that here. And then I decided to go listen to some of the back issues here, and I found the one where essentially Brian Rio twice admitted he was engaged with Eli James and others in a criminal conspiracy to take down my web pages. Now, pretty well what is sitting is the, is the U.S. magistrate judge is wanting to dismiss Brian Rio case, and I've told him that, yes, by all means, it should be dismissed, and Brian Rio should be made to pay the $400 docket fee, and he should be made to pay for the bogus uh, U.S. marshal fee, but essentially, you know, just because Brian Rio doesn't have digital millennium copyright jurisdiction, I do because he is, you know, he and his co-conspirators have unlawfully taken down my web taken down my web pages by using the DMCA. And so I went ahead and downloaded downloaded Rabbi Bale Thanks. I, I didn't really listen to that too much here. Uh, let me see. Someone was bitching about John French here. John Friend is a fat, is a fat wop who might be a Jew, who uh, essentially used to go ass to mouth with, uh, well, with Bale Fink and with uh, Carolyn Yenta Yeager. The problem with Carolyn Yenta Yeager is that she's still the beans that he is probably a Jew mongrel who has a gook daughter. And she did that, I think, on, what, the 1st of June of 2013? Pretty well, pretty well destroyed all that pretense here. Now, on Saturday night's show, or on Friday night's show, September 11th, whatever, you had you had a you had one of these Mongols called T Dog 88, and I thought he was a nigger, or maybe a beaner, but for my hair, he's a nigger beaner mix here who likes smoking a lot of dope, mainly meth, but likes smoking a lot of dope. And essentially, I am good. Why not? Let him call in. You know, after the monologue, after the monologue, hey, you know, pretty well this show is just pretty well a free-range, open-air, open-mic tard corral. Any tard he wants to call in. Now, some of them are a little bit smarter, like, uh, you know, like uh, Cornelio Condreo. And some of them are, well... You know, they leave, you know, a good deal to be desired. But, hey, this is talk to you. This is not serious shit. This is, you know, I mean, 
I remember a picture of a kitty cat here. The internet's serious shit. Well, no, it's not serious shit at all. In any case, I was uh, I was looking at that here, and no key dog idiot shows up. He gets unmuted over on uh, Rabbi Finkelstein's. Now Friday night, Friday night, I was halfway wondering whether he would have a September 11th show. And then old Uncle Tom's dog pig, he was he was yapping with old bitch Bubros, who's come back from salmon wrangling. He's a uh, you know he's a red nigger of some sort. You know another another mongrel trying to pretend to be white like Brian Rio or Andre the Nigger Angeline or whatever. And you get to where you don't care, you don't care. Let these critters pretend to be whatever the hell they want want to be. What difference does it make? What difference does it make what they want to be? It ain't like you're going to have any of these creatures marry your granddaughter. Now, I really don't have a choice as to marry my granddaughter because Dog Babylon stole my grandchildren. So as a result, Dog Babylon and their spawn needs to go ahead and die for their crimes. You don't, you don't worry too much about it. In any case, I was a little bit smarting that old Billy Roper had essentially unfriended me on Facebook because this whore, April April Gady, you know, I mean, essentially her only her only ability is being a whore. Her only ability is essentially once her whoring days were over. Well, they're not really over, but once they were sort of curtailed here, she she was trying to pimp out her uh, two daughters here. Essentially, they decided they had enough of mommy. Now she's trying to go ahead and pimp out the list. When she went whining, that I had called her names and essentially looked at the video. Well, the video was part, you know, look at me, I'm April Gady. I got annoyed at April Gady back in 2011. She had that agreement with, with Harold Covington. And Axel Skanky, but I don't really, I don't really hold on. I don't really hold her to the agreement she made with Axel Skanky. But the fight was all together based upon the fact that Harold Covington's uh, people in Calspell were getting a lot more attention than this whore was. So she decided to go ahead and break the deal. But I especially got mad at her. But she went ahead and turned on Edgar Steele, who was the only one. Would helped her out from the Icelandic uh, pecker sickle who wanted supposedly his two twin daughters back. And April Gady, uh, she didn't know what to do. She's a chicken head. She's a chicken head. When David Lane died, uh, pretty well the only ones who wanted his ashes here was April Gady, and she was going to put it into 14 little piles and have a whole bunch of other heifers take care of the ashes. Nobody wanted them. And that's the sort of stupid crap that April Gady comes up with. That's the sort of stupid crap that April Gady comes up with. So anyway, uh, you know, she went ahead and she was yapping about how Edgar Steele may have murdered his wife, that Edgar Steele may be crazy. I mean, all this other sort of stupid shit. She was running around, she was running around and she betrayed Edgar Steele. Now, there was no need for her to betray Edgar Steele. The reason she did so is that she's a whore. She's a lying, self-centered whore. So anyway, you know, in this video, it was, it was part of the traitor, you know, traitors to Edgar Steele, uh, when I found out that Edgar Steele had been murdered and died in prison. 
Here's Billy Roper. He's wanting to claim to be, I guess, relevant. He's a great he's a great leader here. Well, folks, whatever reason, he's no longer working with uh, Tom Robb, who essentially I would call the Oral Roberts of CI dentistry. In case I don't have no choice, I have to go ahead and unfriend you. Well, yeah, you have choice. In fact, by doing that here, you just pretty well said is that hey, you're not really a Christian. Hey, you're some character who gets it through your dick here from your you know CI you know dentist girlfriend here. You've had a number of them, but you don't understand anything about you know dual seed line Christian daddy. You know, Mike Hallamore probably doesn't understand very much about here. He just uses it as a racket. In any case, what to say, uh, what I, you know, what I you know, pretty well had to say was, uh, hey, uh, what can I do? You know, ask Billy Roper, did you unfriend me because of what April Gay said? Oh, yeah, I had to do it. Okay. Let's understand that here. You know, I, I asked a question. I got an answer here. Well, folks, I've been looking. I've been looking and thinking here, and this is what I'm going to. You know, the, t- the title of this is called "Back to the Future" by going past the Bowman past. And I say is that hey, you're a traitor, Glenn Miller. He was convicted. And folks, this is what you see. You see old Don Black, uh, essentially his little faggot son here. Why he didn't much care. He didn't have any respect for the people who gave his daddy money. Who paid for his, you know, stupid education where he became a bigger faggot? I'm looking. I'm looking at this Narger thing by Wiggerswill, the National Alliance N A R R G. I call them the Nargers. I mean, essentially, what boils down to is that they're, you know, the judges essentially looking for more excuses to go through that and cost money. The September 4th uh, thing was that, hey, guess what? Wiggerswill is now party to this, and guess what? These violated, these violated discovery. Essentially, where, where are the assets going? And the answer is that Wiggerswill said, well, the Southern Poverty Law Center is going to go ahead and take them away. If it's taken away from me, well, who cares? Who cares? Look, folks. Pierce was nothing other than a Zogbot. He was given $400,000 of order money. What did he use it for? He set up an Elohim city for creators. He was a Zogbot. Just like, just like, what was his name? Robert Millar, who I met, was a Zogbot. But with less reason here, Robert Millar at least had reason to be scared that he was going to be wakeized. Pierce was just simply working for Zog from day one. So anyway, let's look at this Malmo. All you have, you know, in CI dentistry, you have a Jew. You have a Jew named Fink, and there was another Mongol named Dresden. Oh, I wish my sword brother would come back. Folks, it's a nigger, lip, slant-eyed, Judah-browed Mabzer from Mentor. It's a Mongol. It's a Mongol faggot. It's been known as a Mongol faggot. So that's what white nationalism is. It's just Mongols and faggots and tards and Zogbots. That's all the, that's all white nationalism is. 
Now I've been looking. I've been looking at. Uh, you know, I've been, you know, I've been remembering here about 22 years ago after Waco, when I got into the militia movement, and the way to form a militia movement was to, well, essentially form a militia. Say, hey, maybe it's time we have a militia. There's a whole bunch of other militias around, and then I found out that the militia movement, such as it was, there were about a dozen of them in Missouri, with less, than, you know, usually from five to 20 members who were all related, who were all related here. Essentially, they were a little bit paranoid, but uh, I used some of my knowledge of uh, old Christian identity local congregations here to uh, essentially get in touch with them. And folks, if they existed today, and there would be three, four, five, maybe ten times, I don't know. You don't know how many there are. Essentially, you couldn't only you could only get into them if you were a member of their family or a person of long term, you know, long time knowledge of them. So as a result, so as a result here, I believe there's at least three, maybe four, five, six times as many quote of these sort of groups, but they don't call themselves militia. They call themselves preppers. They call themselves survivalists. And I was thinking is that I listened to Harold Covington's call-in show, and pretty much with Harold Covington's show, you had a bunch of preppers who lived in places like Florida, and one lived in New Jersey. And what he said, what he said was, guess what? You know, he said essentially, what did he say? So they all admitted that when doomsday or whatever, Armageddon or the tribulation or just simply EBT cars going bust goes down, you will have niggers who, who if you're within, oh, a half tank of gas, they will literally, they will literally, if you have a house with a, you know, with a road to it, you will have niggers on your doorstep. Certainly in New Jersey, founded by Camden and Philadelphia and Jersey City and Hoboken and Patterson and Newark and every single other, you know, nigger town here. New Jersey especially bad. But even North Florida. You live around Atlanta, which is the capital city of nigger town, New Nuevo Africa. Folks, how are you going to keep them out? Unless you go ahead and blow up the bridge. Folks, anybody who drives a truck here knows, has known how how easy it is to destroy food supplies or to destroy the ability to feed any big city. Anyone who has seen these big farms here, these big ethanol farms or something like that here knows hey, it's just a matter of time before things get too expensive to where big agriculture will not be able to prosper. So, what happens then? Folks, uh, you you have to try to build community if you can. That's what you try to do. You try to build community insofar as you can. But there's certain people you do not build community with. But folks, let's look at the bowel movement. 
Now, let's look at CI dentistry. What is that? CI dentistry is Jews like Eli James and uh, Old Bell Fink and Mongols like Dan Johns and uh, Jeremy Visser and, you know, Melungeons and, you know, essentially Zockbot toys like uh, Morse Goulette and, uh, you know, Wick the Dick. There's no, there's no future there. Certainly not when these people are begging you to send them a couple dollars. Just send a dollar. Send you a dollar a day. They're going to send you. These people are immoral mongrels. How are they going to, you know, they're not even going to go ahead and bring down any of Yahweh's help, you know, on you. How's VNN going to help you? I mean, shit, the only, t- the only ones that Alex Slender ever testified for was Trader Glenn Miller. It was just retarded shit. The rest, you know, Alex Lynn testified against, like Miss Kiss Bill White or, uh, you know, Kevin Hartfield, a.k.a. Joe Snuffy. Burnfart? David Duck? You know, Milton Monster Lurch Black? And a little faggot son, they're going to help you? All they can do is censor people. Uncle Tom Zogpig Bowie? Oh, he would not even let me on last Friday night. So I did my own, you know, 9-11 movie turd. Had T-Hog, 8869, you know, <laughs> you know, pretty cowboy, you know. And, folks, you know, I mean, I don't know if old bitch boobros gave him a hard time, but I made it quite clear the previous Friday what I stand for. I stand for, well, the Great Tribulation, which is, what is being commemorated by today's Feast of Trumpets. It's going to be the Great Tribulation, which saves our people, not Zog Babylon, not white nationalism, which is just simply nothing but Zogbot. How about Southern Fried Fucktardivity? Be it with old Cunthair Walrus, or uh, Fade the Butcher, or, well, Brad Griffin. He was gloating that this piece of shit named Rick Perry, uh, you know, who was going ass to mouth with Jews, was whining like a pussy about Trump's racism here. And he was whining that he was going to suspend his presidential, you know, attempt here. Well, hey, oh shit, the Jew boy said, hey, no more, no more. You're a tart, no more. Was the result. Well, as a result, that was that. There was nothing more to be done. So anyway, here's Cuntier Walrus. He's gloating about Jews. Well, guess what? Two and a half months ago, you were going to ask him out with a Jew named Julius Daniels. You know, most Southern fried fucktars, I've never seen one, who advocated just killing niggers. Because to them, niggers, niggers are, well property. They love niggers. And that's what you should understand. So anyway, where were they? Uh, the Southern, you know, losers of the South, Council of Conservative Citizens. Well, they're like Billy Roper and Pat Buchanan. They talk big shit, but if you actually do what they are, you know, say here, why they will not like you one damn bit. 
They will denounce you for racism. They will denounce you for, you know, for exterminationism. What does Uncle Tom Zogpig have to give anyone? Nothing. He just talks about, you know, remotely being white here. What does Wolfowitz Willingwallstein have to offer? Well, I don't know. I, I went ahead and looked at the show. It says it has eight minutes worth, which means that Wolfowitz Willingwallstein has, you know, he's recorded whatever he wants to put down. And he hasn't figured out what he's going to allow to be said. I don't know why a dodgy character whose name is not being said essentially came in, what, about two, three years ago? Pro-offering, what was he pro-offering? Oh, I know, he was pro-offering a claim, a claim that, uh, oh, that he knew how to buy, buy and sell stocks and bonds and gold and silver. I mean, essentially, he's just an old, probably pseudo-wigger, old you boy poser. And then he started getting into the bowel moment. What's the other bunch of people show up here? And there's some people there bitching that Tyrant Pooper or some other tards here who have shows on talk shoot. Why? They're, they're muting people. They're censoring people. They're banning people. I mean, I... You know, I found out about Uncle Tom's Zog Pig because Tattered Flag contacted me on Skype after I got home from the Ocho. I thought of I thought of maybe getting up this morning and listening to Wolf West Whaling Wallstein. I thought, what the fuck is the point of that? What good does that do? And the answer is it doesn't do any good. There's no point to it. Anyway, how do you survive? How do you get by with what you got here? And the answer the answer is going back, going back to the future by going past the bowel mound, moving past here. It is a unrelieved history of failure. It is a unrelieved history of zogmonary. It's an unrelieved history of retardation. It's never accomplished anything. It never, I believe, was meant to accomplish anything other than other than getting retards in trouble. Other than, well, causing trouble for fools. So anyway, let's see. I'm going to go ahead and look here. Morty is never in the news. Uh, let's see. But loves other people's grandchildren. Well, yes, number 12. What to say here? Time for a break? Well, maybe. You see, unlike, unlike most bowel move viewers here, I pretty well allow you tards to say whatever the hell you want to in the chat room because maybe once in a while you will have something that needs to be addressed. Now, most of the time that is definitely not the case. Most of the time, all you have is retardation. Nothing worth listening to. We should understand as much. Anyway, folks, I'm going to go ahead and take a break, and we will be back. Hail victory.
On the first day of song, Mr. Mister gave to me a pistol possum and persimmon tree. On the second day of song, Miss Brian Rio gave to me two nigger lips and a pistol possum and persimmon tree. On the third day of song, Mr. Gucci gave to me three Craigslist stamps, two nigger lips, and a pistol possum and persimmon tree. On the fourth day of song, the smelting can get to me. Four paces, three French horse, two nigger lips, and a pistol possum in a persimmon tree. On the fifth day of song, the corn down he gave to me. 
essentially living in their own little world here. You know, maybe that's maybe that's freedom for them here. I mean, essentially freedom from what, freedom from having to make a decision here. For a man like me, why well, shoot? You know, you know, jail and nut house suck. I was listening. I was listening to this idiot, the city council critic, and he was talking to the chief of police here. And I don't have that bad relationship with this particular chief of police, but, but oh. I'm so glad you you stick by your policemen. You know why there are people who want to go and kill them. Well, yeah, there are. I met one or two who did put nine bullet holes in a pig. Now, luckily, his you know protective vest, you know, uh, sort of kept you know kept all but three of them from going through, and he wasn't shot any fatal place here. But hey, the pigs were after him here, and he went ahead and gave himself up to a nigger, uh, nigger uh, nightclub or bar owner. So he got to surrender. But yeah, you know, diggers hate pigs. Now, I don't know why, because hey, the one thing that keeps a pig alive or a nigger alive is pigs. Earl Covington in his latest Radio Free Northwest was talking about, hey, he was talking to white pigs. He said he wasn't going to talk to Zog pigs, you know, FBI, Secret Service, because, hey, they're just simply evil creatures who essentially have the same relationship to regular citizens as, oh, as a butcher does to a chicken or a hog or a cow that he's in charge of butchering. That's all we are. It's just simply cattle, you know. If that to be used for Bethlehem Jews and you know, the old the big wiggers who are on top, okay? You know, uh, you know, you overflower. I don't know if it's a good thing or not. You know, I mean, you, you know, folks, we have a bunch of Jews in the foul movement. You have a lot of Jews in CI ministry, like Rabbi Frank. I was listening to him and Mike the Kite going ask him out from some unknown wigger. And uh, essentially I wanted to, them to know I was listening, so I logged in. I went ahead and logged in via Skype with Pastor Amel instead. And essentially every so often I want them to know that I'm listening to them, that I am paying attention to them. They don't like that, but hey, you know, since when do I care what they like? He was talking to the white soldiers and pigs and said, hey, you're the ones who keep Obongo's America up and running your guns. Now, folks, you know, for the 9-11 show here, I was pointing out is that I knew that 9-11 was committed with the connivance of Jews. And a Zog, you know, but essentially Zog is the tail that wags the Zog dog. And I knew that there would be at least one war one foreign war in Asia somewhere, probably Iraq, because here's old Dumbia. He's, he's lying like crazy here. I don't know if you listen to the debates here. I got an old VCR tape, and I was listening to what went down in 2000. Here's Obama. Here's uh, Bush. I don't believe in nation building like Clinton engaged in in Serbia. You lying piece of shit. 
That that was the excuse for staying in Iraq. That was the excuse for staying in Afghanistan. Okay, there were no weapons of mass destruction. Okay, we captured Saddam Hussein. We turned him over. He got hung, but still, you know, in Iraq. The whole reason is that now, now we have an obligation. We broke it. Now we got to fix it. How are you going to fix Mongols? How are you going to fix shitty Mongols who are not able to accomplish anything? How are you going to fix that? The answer is you're not. You are not going to fix. Stupid. You're not going to fix evil. You're not going to fix, you know, down bread. That's what this Bible movement is about here. It's about Jews and Mongols running around trying to get what little money remains out of winners and keep them out of mischief, and it's, it's paid for by dog. So how do we get around this? How do we get back to where we should be? Well, folks, when, you know, you know, you know after Oklahoma City, two days afterwards, when they said, okay, this is Timothy Bay, he's associated with Michigan militia, and we had a whole bunch of people come to see me and this guy named Robert. Let's say his name's Robert. Martin, Robert, we're not going to join your militia because we're going to go back to being survivalists. We're going to go ahead and back, go back underground. And they were right. I was wrong. Well, there's no point. There's no point in thinking you're going to change all Babylon. You're going to change the way things are. Does anybody believe that there is any, you know, you know, change here? I go, I go, and I laugh at uh, what you know it was on Andre the Nigger's, you know, Andre the Nigger's webpage here. I think a lot of it's hilarious, but then again, it's impudent Jews who are writing this shit. It's impudent Jews that are writing this shit. It ain't us, it ain't real people here. And look, you know, I mean, uh, what you really see here is that I'll admit that uh, Brad Griffin, a.k.a. Uh, Save the Bitcher, why he's gotten a little bit better at writing bullshit. So anyway, Andre the Nigger has, uh, you know, has, uh, you know, he has a great troll army, or so he claims here. A great troll army. Now what's you know what's you know, what's what's hilarious is that with his great troll army he pretends he's going to accomplish something here. Let's see, four thousand. You know, by the way, I was looking here. They're they're talking about essentially trying to slam the gates of well, the legs of Europe open from its southern nether parts here. Essentially, they're going to go ahead and close it or do whatever here. Uh, and folks, they just opened it here, sort of like uh, Obongo and his little uh, beater babies. They print up 32 million and decide to go ahead and back off after they bring brought in oh about oh a couple million of these beater babies. So anyway, let's see. Uh, you know, let's see. Confederates attack David Duck. Folks, when does David Duck accomplish anything? I mean, David Duck is, well, he's gotten some pussy. He's gotten a good deal of gambling money. 
He's not accomplished anything. So you have, you know, you have uh, essentially Andre Mager, whoever the Jew writer is, they're calling them cucks, the cuckolingos, sons of cadets. These people are a bunch of cucks to begin with here. All right? Before they torch Monticello, I don't know. He was invited by the daughters of the Confederacy to hotel, but, you know, he was promptly ambitioned by a fat cuck named Thomas Taylor who began agitating for the black terrorists here. Okay. So, uh, for my gear, they invited the duck. I don't know why they invited the duck. I mean, all the duck knows how to do is get some pussy, get some money. Okay. Local media report here. <laughs> All right, her. So I'm looking. I'm looking at. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Andre the Nigger's uh, little troll army here. That's fine. Ball means troll. Ball means troll. You know, that's what you numbuster tards do best. And by all means, troll with Andre the Nigger's troll, great troll army. But is that going to accomplish anything? In any case, in the case of Denmark, it says that uh, they've cut the, they've cut welfare benefits, and they don't. They're not really, you know, folks. Uh, I think they could end it just by going ahead and gut shooting. You know, if you can't gut shoot women, children, you know, Mongols here, just gut shoot the young, you know, just gut shoot a number of the younger ones here. Now, they had this, they had this here, Syrian, his wife, and he had about three or four little, you know, little Mongolites. He claimed that, oh, he'd go back tomorrow, Syria, if they're, if the, you know, the war, civil war is over. Folks, why don't they just simply make, why doesn't simply Europe and Hungary and Sweden and the rest here cut a deal with Assad said, hey, guess what, you know, Bashir Assad, your regime will not be overthrown by the NATO. We will, you know, we will, we will quit NATO if Zog Babylon continues to try to fight with you. Essentially, you know, uh, Bashir, what we want you to do is we want you to, well, essentially, for all these tards who got to, you know, who got to go ahead and run, essentially just fence out a big place out in the desert and dig a big hole and shit for latrines with your tank dozers. Essentially, we'll pay for food and water for all these Mongolites here. You know, under tents, and they stay in Syria. And then the younger ones, the young males here, why, hey, essentially what they are is that they are sent to work against ISIS. And, folks, we will guarantee, you know, just like Zog guarantees Israel's borders, we will guarantee, we will guarantee the borders of Syria. But you keep your shit, you know, you keep your shit skins at home. They're not allowed to come here. 
All we will do is we will root out and ship back those shit skins and two and two, you know, this, these refugee camps, or they can come go home. You know, the only ones that we will accept are those that you say you don't want, that you will not accept as being ISIS terrorists. In which case, we will we will bundle them up and give them to you, and you can chop their heads off or their dicks off or their mess off or whatever you want. Well, folks, if, if Angela Merkel and the rest here wanted to worry about that here, what they ought to do is they ought to give Bashar Assad a guarantee that his regime is perfectly safe. There's no going to be no more NATO war plans. There's not going to be NATO bullshit anything. And Zog Babylon, you know, working in terms with the Jews, says anything different, then guess what? NATO's dead. NATO's gone. You know, maybe it's time for NATO to be gone. There's no Warsaw Pact anymore. Hasn't been for, what, oh, 25, 26 years? Maybe it's time for, essentially, these countries that don't want these shit skins to say, hey, guess what? There's not going to be any. There's not going to be any reason for you shit skins to come here. You won't be able to use the effect of war because essentially we made a deal with your rulers that his regime is going to be made secure. His regime is going to be made secure. And any of you who claim to be, you know, who claim to be bothered, don't come to us. Because if Assad says is that you are causing trouble, we are going to hand you over to Assad. So you don't want to come here. You don't want to come here. Now, if you're just simply a bunch of shit skins who want to go ahead and freeload off us here, well, guess what? You're going back to tents in Syria, where you belong. You're not coming here. You are not coming here. And anybody who does come here, they exit the border, they will be gut shot. And we're not going to have any more of the stupid shit at the harbor of Calais. We're not going to have any camp of the saints here. And a month from now, we see you coming by boat. We will sink that boat. You better fucking learn to swim, you fucking sand niggers. Now, folks, if uh, the ruling... If the ruling TARS don't do it, you put them and you go ahead and you ship them and their children after you castrate them, after you blind them and gild them. You ship them to Syria. And they can go ahead and act as food for sand niggers. Just say, hey, it's new long pork, kosher. In fact, I was looking, I was looking, Roxy was looking at, uh, oh, I was looking at Fear of the Walking Dead, but I was, you know, uh, Roxy was looking at, uh, what was she looking at? She was looking at Miss Amurqua. And they had the 1984 nigger, Vanessa Williams. Uh, she was a you know, high yellow here, but she got kicked out way back in 1984, 1985, because they got some pictures of her, you know, supposedly licking another Whigress or lesbian nigger. Pussy or titties or whatever, supposedly doing some lesbo shit here. That way, you know, in the mid eighties was when they got big on Madonna's. You know, Madonna, from my yeah, Madonna has a major beaver bush, a major fucking beaver bush. I mean, shit. You know that. You know that dyed blonde material skank here. 
the material girl without stitch clothes on. I mean, shit, it's old playing pen, you know, Playboys here. Or maybe Penthouse, I forget. Well, there's Playboy here. Well, Madonna had one hell of a bush. <laughs> but hey, they had old Vanessa Williams here. And for my girl, she's a blue eyed nigger. I don't know what the deal is, but here, you know, here she was. She got stripped of her Miss Amuriquot crown for showing and for those naked pictures, you know, of you know, so called lesbo skank action in Playboy or Penthouse here. Maybe it was Penthouse, I don't know. And now they have her back, you know, what's she? What was that? What, 26 years, you know, 30 years ago? 31 years ago? And now all's forgiven, and she was, I guess she got her crown back or whatever. But anyway, I was sort of scared because there was only three, there's only three girls left here, and one was a nigger. I said, oh, fuck, not another fucking nigger. Not another fucking nigger being Miss America here. Who gives a, you know, who likes that shit? They've already had a nigger crown, but essentially this was, what, 31 years ago? First nigger, first nigger, you know, negress crowd. You know what I mean? And uh, Vanessa Williams, <laughs> she, was, she was in a few movies or something like that. She ain't bad looking for a high yellow, but shit, you still don't want to fuck niggers. That's bestiality. But in any case, uh, you know, I, I always get down on people who go ahead and drool over them Beyonce high yellow coons here. You know, high yellow coons here. got to realize, though, is that in order to go ahead and have a higher and higher, higher yellow, you know, you know octoroon coon here, you need to have wigger input because essentially uh, a nigger, a nigger with a with a wigger here creates a shit-colored, ugly-looking nigger. You know what I mean? You know, if you want to go ahead and breed up octoroon coons here, you need, you know, I mean, essentially requires wigger pecker here. You know, you have enough wigger pecker, why uh, lots of stutters said is that shit, you'll, you'll, you'll have to have super high, 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 high yellers, you know, pretty soon. But in any case, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was looking at that here. I was taking care of Roxy you know, tonight. Thank, you know, thank Yahweh. The uh, Negress was what, oh, sixth or seventh or whatever here, instead of being first here, you know, getting the crowd here. But hey, shoot, folks, it's a hell of a deal when you have to worry that damn damn nigger, you know, the pe- that nigger will be deemed the beauty of uh, American womanhood here. That stupid African will be deemed the acne of uh, American woman- womanhood. That's fucked up. Really is. I mean, at least in my pressure, at least in my. You don't believe it is. So where was I here? So I'm talking about screwed niggers? Yeah, he did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, we fucked up Syria. No, we, we did fuck up Syria for Israel. They want us to fuck up Iran by Iran too, Iran's too big for us to whoop here. So we didn't really fuck up Syria. All we did was just simply let Bashar Assad shit out some shit skins that he didn't really want to take care of. You know, the deal is, the deal is, for NATO, the deal is for NATO, guess what? Uh, we will, you know, with NATO, what they're going to do is that with NATO, they're going to uh, essentially, well, hey, 
We're shipping them critters back, or we're marching. We'll go ahead and put them out in the sea here. They're not our, you know, they're not our concern. None of our concern. You take them back, and we will guarantee your regime. Instead, this shit has occurred here. And by the way, I see on Charlie Rose there was a little tweet on the 27th where they said they were not going to, they were not even going, you know, in Germany, they were not even going to keep the relaxed Dublin protocols. They were not even going to go ahead and keep these protocols, which essentially assume that anybody who came was a political refugee instead of an economic refugee. They weren't even going to keep them. They're just going to let them all come in. And so, just like with Camp of the Saints, everybody took it seriously. And they're coming to Europe, you Europa. So they did. What's most white nationalism going to do about that sort of invasion? The answer is nothing. White nationalism has never accomplished anything. White nationalism has accomplished nothing except shit. Has it accomplished anything? At all. Never has, never will. White nationalism is a gut-sick Jew boy conniving with a drunken, lumpy, malunchian, traitor, snitch, frogbot to go ahead and gun down three Mongols in a parking lot in, in the old Kikesville home. That's all it is here. I mean, they don't say they're doing something against the Jews. See, dentistry is, well, Jews, basically like Rabbi Dale Fink, we're going to ask him out for another deluded Jew boy. He looks like, what, the fourth and fifth stooge? Yapping about whether or not the world is flat around. Flat like Melissa's skanks pancake kicks. No round like round and pitted like Rabbi Bell thinks nigger cake knows. Folks, believe what you want. What difference does it make? Now, folks, I don't see why. You can't just simply say, yeah, I believe that the earth is a little small blue marble in the immensity of the universe. If you want to believe the sun and the rest of the universe goes or circles the earth, well, that's fine. It all depends upon your frame of reference. It all depends upon your frame of reference. If you want to believe in the Copernican theory, that's fine too. Who cares? What difference does it make? Really, dual seed line Christian day is rather simple here. You can go ahead and read it from Bertrand Compare. Yes, there are a few holy days. How well you keep them is up to you. Your salvation doesn't depend upon which day you keep them or how you keep them. 
folks, this is not, this is, you know, you know, dual seed line Christian identity is not Talmudism. It's understanding who you are and how to follow. That's why I'm going to do a show tomorrow. It's a Monday, but, it's, uh, you know, essentially I'll try to do it before sunset here. Maybe I'll try to do it around 7 or 8 tomorrow. Okay? There'll be a couple-hour show where I will read from the book of Revelation, the part which is covered by the Feast of Trumpets, which is, you know, the Great Tribulation, from what, Revelation chapter 4 to Revelation chapter 19. And then soon after that, it will be the Day of Atonement and then the Feast of Tabernacles. We're coming to the second portion of Yahweh's Holy Days. In any case, where was I? Let's see here. Uh, I'm looking at this thing here. Eskimo's beautiful here. Uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at the chat here, folks. I don't urge anybody to violate the laws of Yahweh. I've been honest about my the fact that I am not a perfect man and I'm not a perfect Christian. Anyone who wants to go ahead and look for a perfect Christian, you know, you ought to go ahead and keep on looking. All right? So uh, I'm looking at the, uh, you know, I'm looking at the uh, thing here. Let's see. Talk about the laws of Yahweh. Well, folks, I'm talking about the laws of Yahweh. I'm talking about the feast days of Yahweh. Or was I here? See, I dentistry is just Jews and mongrels. Pretend they're white. And that's what they want to do. Well, then I guess that's what they're going to do. There's nothing I can do about it. Folks, what is what is the what is the future here? Well, going back to the future means going back to the past and what the past was. The actual quote militias. There are really three, four, five times as many quote militias as there were, but they don't call themselves militias. They call them preppers. They call themselves survivalists. They don't call themselves militia. Any more than what? Oh, two days after Oklahoma City. These people who were ready to call themselves militia said they weren't going to call themselves militia. They weren't going to join our militia. They were not going to join our above ground militia. Are they there? Well, some of them are. Some of them are got it. Well, the only ones probably may be dead now. Folks, things have changed here in, what, 20-some years? Quite a bit. Well, folks, some things have not changed. What you had, what you had is that in 1993 here, when you had militias growing, they were just simply small groups here, usually run by a military veteran who was, you know, either a Klansman or Christian identity or both. 
You couldn't get into them unless you were family or long-term friend. Now, today, what we have today is three, four times as many people, and essentially they're not militia, they're preppers or survivalists or doomers or whatever. And some of them are in Florida. Some of them are and even in places like New Jersey. And they realize that guess what? Your life expectancy not, may not be very good if you have a house in which a vehicle can pull up with a bunch of niggers. Look, you really want to go ahead and look at how to survive in your own house here. You ought to go ahead and look at The Walking Dead and make sure that, hey, nobody knows you're in there. But you are in there. I'm looking at these people, and none of them are essentially collecting these two-liter jugs and putting it into a two-liter jug, putting it into a two-liter jug, you know, pop bottle here, essentially saving up water. None of them are essentially, you know, and I'm, I'm bad about that too. I need to go ahead and make me a wood gas generator. But what do you do with a wood gas generator? Well, guess what? People hear the generator and they'll assume you have electricity and then they'll be ready to loot you. Then what will you do? Then what will you do? The answer is, you know, I don't know. I guess you'll die. No, folks. Don't worry about saving Zog Babylon. Don't worry about saving the hollow forms of constipational government. Worry about saving your own lives. Don't worry about the Talmudic form of CI dentistry. It's run by Jews and Mongols and Zogbots. If you want to go ahead and cause mischief, well, by all means, support Donald Trump here. Supposedly he's going to have a debate on Wednesday with the other tards. I know telling what, you know, hard shit they're going to do. But, folks, you know, really, this shit is over with. This shit is done with. There's nothing really much left of Zog Babylon. There's just simply the form. And what you ought to do is, well, do as best as you can. Finding someone in your area who feels like you and with whom you can make survivalist allegiances. The militia movement was most powerful when essentially it was very much underground, very much localized, when it was really what I call warlordized. The bowel movement, in order to have a future, we need to go back to our past not to where Zog Babylon is setting up constipational militias of suburbanite ass clouds who aren't racist and are going to go ahead and give niggers SKSs. We don't need that shit. We don't want that shit. 
Now that shit is real. And we ought to understand as much. Anyway, folks, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take a break. And then if anybody wants to call in, they can. If they don't, I'll go ahead and go with the last segment of the movie turn because I don't see the point in yapping for more than two or three hours. Two or three hours. Especially when I have a whole bunch of shit I haven't, uh, you know, fixed up here. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and take another break, and we'll be back in four or five minutes. If anybody wants to call in, they may do so. Hail victory.
Well, I'm back. <laughs> it's a hell of a devil being such a tard. To be such a tard that you are trolling other tards here, Guess 7. <laughs> Thinking that somebody else is, uh, what? Uh, what's his name here? Uh, Cornelio Condreu. Condreu. You know, it doesn't really matter, though. I mean, shoot. There's nothing wrong with, well, all you need is tards. Do, 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 do. All you need is tards. What I decide to do is this beater phone will cut out or it will quit. Oh, it'll quit about every uh, hour and a half here. So I was looking at about an hour and a half. So I decided to. Uh, I decided to just simply make sure that it did work. And that's why I, uh, well, that's why I went ahead and, uh, oh, hung up here, hung it up, and then I went ahead and started it again, okay? So let's see here. I'm looking at, whatever I'm looking at. Oh heck! I mean, just I'll, I'll go ahead and give I'll go ahead and give uh, Cornelius Condreu about oh five or ten minutes here to call in. Right now, I'm looking at Mad Max Two on AMC. We're going to have The Walking Dead, and I'm going to go ahead and record it on Toshiba Number Three. And some bitch will work. Never won't work. Well, hey, what the hell is the problem with details here? Stop working. Why did it stop working here? Okay. Hmm, I don't know why. Stop working. Where am I here? What, watching television? Yeah, I, I don't mind watching television. I mean... A lot of these TARs will make the point is that they are too good to watch the television. They'll make the point is that they're too good to watch just you know just plain old ordinary television. Uh, and if you want to say you're too good to watch television, that's fine with me. I don't really mind. I don't really care. I mean, what are you going to, uh, you know, I mean, how much slop is that going to put in your trough here? You know, I have to laugh at, you know, I have to laugh at, uh, what the hell was his name here? What the hell was his name? Uh, you know, all these characters feel like Uncle Tom's pig pretending that he's going to accomplish something. 
you know, I mean, have a very quite normal, have a very quite normal day here. Well, what did normal figures ever do for anyone? What has normal figures ever done for the white race? Especially in the case of Uncle Tom's Zog Pig. He's just some character who got some classmen to trust the worthless bastard. And now he's saying, oh, no, we can't talk about Armageddon. We can't simply talk about the way to solve things and just simply kill. Kill people who essentially are problems. It is possible to solve a problem by killing problem people. It's possible to win a civil war by exterminating those, you know, Jews, Mongols, Uyghurs, Tards, who really have no reason to live, no purpose in life. It's possible to win a civil war by killing everyone who's on the other side. Anyway, I'll take about a 30 second break here and I'm going to unmute Condrenu. Hello, how you doing? How you doing tonight, Martin? I'm doing okay. I did a whole bunch of shows this past week, you know, and the week before. Uh, well, because of Trader Glenn Miller. Well, I and missed then, your 9-11, your 9-11 show. I didn't even know that was on. I didn't even know it was did, on either here. If Uncle Tom Zogpig would have allowed me to uh, come in and do my little spiel here, I might have just not done a 9-11 show. But he wouldn't allow it. I think, from my gather, he was... Uh, Uncle or Mitch Bubros came back from, uh, you know, salmon sucking or whatever and essentially chewed ass on old Uncle Tom's dog pig and, no, nah, I'm not going to let him on. Okay, well, that's fine. I decided just to simply have a show starting at 1130 my time. It has been, what, 1230 the next day time. But, uh, you know, no, it didn't really, you know, it didn't really uh, – you know, it didn't really matter, really, did it? But uh, was there anybody uh, there? Any, was there well, any, any listeners at all? Or well, well, there was Papa Cat. He was on there. He was on. Uh, yeah, he's always there. Cat. Yeah, he's, he, you know, he's he's essentially my Fed stalker here. You know what I mean? You know, he, got, <laughs> he got the best. He got the best connection here. Uh, he got the best connection. He pretty well listens with everything. He never calls in, so who knows? Uh, but. I had I had this uh, tard here named uh, T Dog eighty eight and he sounded like a nigger or he sounded like a nigger beaner. He was claiming to be a Nordic CI dentist. And uh, he followed shit. the pisser possum and uh I've seen Saturday night essentially was in and old Bale Fink unmuted him here. So uh essentially Bale Fink is just simply running a Jew Dog Ball Front uh Organization and hey, if you're a Mongol, then uh, hey, you can be a CI dentist too. No anytime deal. you see, no problem. Anytime you see dog in a name, that's got to be a nigger, of course, naturally. Yeah, but you know, I mean, there's some there's some awfully confused people out there, though. I mean, you know that there's even nigger Nazis out there. There's one 
it was one uh, video, I'll, I don't know, I saw it about a year ago, some ass clown, uh, this guy walks up to him, and they, he's like some black faggot, and he's got a, he's got a swastika tattooed on his arm, and this guy's telling him, oh, the original Nazis were all black, I mean, you know, the world's full of nuts, so you never really know what's going on, <laughs> but that's uh, just what it is, you know. <laughs> well, it is, and so... A couple days ago, uh, Billy Roper, uh, you know, here comes April Gady. And April Gady is mad at me because I made a I made a song called Look at Me, I'm April Gady. You know, and... Uh, wasn't she in your 12 Days of Christmas song, too, that you just played? She was, wasn't she? Well, yeah, well April Gady, let me see. April Gady, I have her giving me, what, giving... Uh, Seven anal warts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Sounds all right. You know, and so what happens though is that April Gady, this is 2011, she had made a deal with Harold Covington, and you know, you had this Namsers called Axis Sally, aka, uh, what was her name, Karina Burt. Uh, it turned out she is what she's uh, mainly red nigger, you know, red nigger, maybe Whigress, Jewish mix here from her mother's side, and essentially, you know, she was she was running around being another little bee here to April Gady's queen bee. Well, April Gady, uh, her dad was a German who married a hybrid negress, and essentially, April gets more from the hybrid negress part. Well, no. 90s, April Gady was younger and cuter, and she was a big whore. She was fucking Wiggerswill. She was fucking about everything we had dick. You know, maybe you know, maybe even old Pierce here, but why Garrett Pierce like, you know, the back door of a woman. You know what I mean? He that ain't no sex here. And what happens is that uh, Heather Gleeby was telling about what a, you know, about uh, Pierce's particular perversions here. He would get the, he would go ahead and you go ahead and, you know, do some fuck fucking here, and you'd have these here little witnesses come in who thought they are going to go ahead and bear a man, new man-child for, for the great William Pierce. Well, what happens is that Pierce had two sons from his first wife, and his first wife just simply said, well, Bill, you know, I'm a sort of intellectual too, and I can sort of put up with some of your shit, but I'm not going to leave fucking Washington here. And I'm not going to go to the wilds of uh, what? West Virginia. So essentially she divorced him. She divorced him. And what happens after his two sons, he has nuts cut here. And when he had a vasectomy. So yeah. here he is. You know, here he is. According to Heather Gleeby, he's going to get plenty of pussy. He's getting plenty of pussy from me. So like Dad John's here. He had his nuts cut too here. So he's getting, you know, he talks about biblical polygamy. Well, the purpose for polygamy was to have a number of children here from these, well, low-capacity women here. You know what I mean? You can't get husbands or whatever normally here. You know what I mean? No big deal. You fuck the fatties and you, you go ahead and have a number of kids, and some of them might be more like the the sire than the, than the mother here. But anyway, I, you know, one I'm, of them... About what, biblical polygamy, I, you know, I don't think that's ne- that was necessarily a good thing at all. Like, you know, when you you think about what, you know, uh, all these things uh, screwing around and everything, you know, there's there's, um, 
adultery and all that, and there's a, there's a spiritual sense to it, and there's a physical sense to it in the flesh, you know, and the spiritual sense of it is that you're actually, you know, like Christ is supposed to be the bride, and you're supposed to be the husband, and you're supposed to get married, live no, life, you know, in, in an entire husband. lifetime and all that. You know, essentially those guys who were, who were screwing around, and maybe even Abraham himself, you know, they took three, four wives sometimes in some cases. Like that seems to tell me that those guys were also at points in their lives, maybe not, you know, always, but at some point they were going after different gods, you know. And so, you know, well, you say, oh, well, you know, they were biblical polygamists and they could get away. Well, no, they actually couldn't get away with it. They were, they were screwing around with Moloch and everything else, you know. And that's kind of, well, that's, in, the, in the, that's the spiritual of, side of it. In the case of Abraham, he was born and Nimrod was out to kill him because he said of the house of Abraham, why he was going to be killed. Now, this was in the book of Jasher. Uh, there's a different tradition that was actually Shem, uh, you know, Shem, who was Noah's son, who killed Nimrod, and it was Esau who killed uh, Tammuz. But yeah. uh, in any case, uh, Abraham, he really wasn't into the polygamy so much. I mean, you know, he he, he got to where he didn't trust Yahweh that much. So yeah, you know, exactly, because, well, he, got, because he got, got impatient. <laughs> I got me a handmaiden, and it's Sarah's great idea here. You need to have a son, so he goes ahead, and it's you know it's his wife Sarah's idea to go ahead and hump the handmaiden here, and then you have Ishmael, and now he says, well, yeah, I'll go ahead and make him a nation, and he goes ahead and he, you know, he goes ahead and there marries in with the uh, with the Midianites here. You know, he come, you know, yep. and essentially later on after Sarah was dead, he married. He married a third wife called Keturah, and they had, what, about, oh, six or a dozen sons and children, and uh, essentially they became known as fathers of the Midianites as well here. Uh, Abraham, you know, the, the polygamy wasn't so bad with Abraham, but in the case of David, you know, he just had to have more pussy, and it didn't turn out well here for him later on, now did it? The no, children no. were killing each other. The Solomon, all the, you know, what, 700 wives and 300 concubines or the exact opposite of me, a thousand pieces of ass. You know what I mean? And he yep. just couldn't get along. I mean, essentially, his good sense drained out of his pecker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so it, you know, a lot of this polygamy doesn't work here, but the, the idiots who yap the most about biblical polygamy are... You know, Ashkenazi melanges like Dan John, who essentially, you know, you find out he has his nuts cut here, but he's going ahead and spawned from Sister Cherie, you know, a uh, essentially another Ashkenazi melange named Jeremiah Job, who essentially uh, his kid got, you know, a bowel blockage of some sort because, of, you know, a little Jew boy or something like that. Oh, yeah. Actually, you want to hear an interesting court story, Martin? There's a, bunch of, there's a bunch of tards in the chat room right now watching them talking about uh, how when I got caught driving uh, without, without a registration and insurance and all that stuff. I don't know. I might have told you this, actually, one of the few times ago or something. No, yeah, I actually went in and, I, and I fought hey, that. Why, why, don't, why don't you go ahead and tell a story, and I'll go ahead and see what Roxy needs, okay? All right, sure. Okay. All right, so there's a tards in the chat room. Okay, here's an interesting one. All right, I went in and I fought the insurance charge in court 
because that was my right. And of course, when you do that, you're, uh, you know, you're totally screwed. They're going to find you guilty. We got kangaroo courts in this country and, uh, you go in there and, uh, you know, you argue your case and basically they give you double the fine you were going to get, uh, if you would have just pled guilty. But anyway, I went in and did it anyway. And this is the defense I used. And you guys, if you guys ever get in this thing, you should probably use it because if you in the United States might actually find a real, genuine, somewhat half-ass, non-crooked judge. And this is what I told the judge. I said, okay, um, man comes up to me and he says, uh, okay, Cornelio Cadrano, uh, you're going to buy an insurance policy from me. And if you don't pay for the insurance policy, I'm going to break your legs, I'm going to burn down your house, I'm going to kill your children, whatever. I said to the judge, well, what is that? That's obviously, you know, extortion. And I said, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the, the uh, government has no more right to extort money from me than any, you know, Italian mobster or anything like that. And I said, I want these charges thrown out of court because the government is extorting money from me. Okay, so, the, so after the whole thing wraps up, I had my say. And then because I challenged the law, then the prosecutor came in and he said, oh, uh, this guy's, uh, he has no, absolutely no respect for our court system and for our legal system and blah, 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 and for the government of Ontario. And essentially he was trying to get me uh, thrown in jail for uh, contempt, but the judge never actually did that because I didn't really show any contempt for the courts. I showed contempt for the government, of course, but that's not, uh, that's not against, uh, against the rules in a court of law. So anyway, the judge says... Okay, we're going to take a short recess. Uh, you know, everybody stay here. I'll be back in a few minutes. Well, anyway, it's like two hours before this judge comes back, right? <clears throat> so we're sitting in the courtroom there and talking back and forth, and the minutes are going by and the hours are going by. Now, meanwhile, this judge is on the telephone, of course, with uh, <clears throat> anybody she can get a hold of saying, you know, how do I find this fucking guy guilty? You know, the he, uh, he brought up this this point that it's extortion and you know geez i can't argue that it isn't he had me absolutely convinced and then the prosecutor he has his little uh, say in it and he he couldn't figure out a way that it wasn't extortion either you know like what the hell am i going to do right okay so the two hours goes by judge finally comes back into the courtroom <clears throat> and this is what the crooked bitch says most legally ridiculous ruling probably ever handed down in the canadian courtroom i can't imagine there's one worse than this she says, this, uh, this justice of the peace, what the, what the hell was her name? I don't remember now. It was a few years ago. Anyway, she says, because the law says that we may throw you in prison if you don't buy this, uh, this mafia insurance policy we were trying to get, because it says may, that's not extortion. Now, if the law would have said we will throw you in prison if you don't buy it, then that's, that would have been extortion, and then I would have had a case, and uh, they would have thrown it out in the whole nine yards, and then I would have been a free man. But since it said may and not will, then uh, I'm, I'm convicted. i got to pay $3,400 or whatever it was. Anyway, I never paid it. But whatever the case, so <laughs> this is basically what it boils down to. If anybody out there, if any of you guys are from Canada and you want to go extort money from somebody, you just walk up to him on the street and you say, hey, listen, buddy, uh, you know, 
you owe me $3,000 and uh, you're going to pay me right now or I might cave in your fucking head with a baseball bat and uh, you'll get away with it because that's what the law is in Canada according to the court system. Pretty absolutely nuts and crazy, you know, but that's, that's what they do in the Canadian courts. When you go in there, you are guilty. They will find a way to make you guilty. It doesn't matter. I mean, I had the, I had the charge totally beat. Totally, completely beat. <coughs> anyway, let's check the chat room while Martin's away. What do we got here? Petitioning to be 20 years old. No, a little, I wish I was 20. Strong arm robbery. Yeah, it was a strong arm robbery, that's for sure. Absolutely. Cornelius sounds like he's 50. Well, that's not that far off, actually. A few years. Cornelius needs a rope. I'm going to hang you with it. No one is this stupid unless they're on drugs or a nigger. Okay, next one. Fuck them, they are weak. I don't know what's that. In Canada, you can't fart without authorities knowing about it. Well, that's not actually true. You know, the truth be known, in Canada, you have we have more rights here than you have in the United States when it comes to that sort of thing. And... Uh, Basically, say I was to go over to the United States and come back across the border, they aren't even allowed to search my person. They can search my car. They can do that. That's legal, just like they can do to yours. But they can't search me. So, like, if I was ever to go over to, say, Detroit, no, buy a gun off a nigger or some drugs or something like that, all you got to do is just put it in your pocket and they'll never search you. Because they have to have uh, – they still in this country, the judges say they have to have uh, probable cause – reason to uh, to actually search you, whereas in the United States, it's just, you know, bend over and they get out the rubber glove and that's that. You know, there's no rights whatsoever anymore. Oh, you're uh, absolutely, another interesting you're, you're, one. Oh, 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 I, I wanted to point out, oh. is that he's absolutely right here. Uh, when you go ahead, like I do, following a number of uh, federal lawsuits here. Yeah. Uh, the, whole, the whole purpose of the civil rights was that essentially you would... You know, the king couldn't do wrong, but on the other hand, his servants could do wrong. So you were serving, you were suing, not the queen or whatever, you were suing the king's servants. And yeah. in many cases, in many cases, why, hey, if uh, the king's servants here cause too much shit here, well, parliament could get all mad here and, you know, pass a, quote, bill of attainder to say, hey, look, so-and-so's an asshole. There was a... There was Charles the first little hatchet man who uh, named Stafford or Strafford who caused trouble. Essentially, the parliament the parliament made Charles the first sign this bill of attainder to where they, you know, he managed to go ahead and get to where old Strafford didn't get hung, drawn, and quartered as a traitor to the people, but he did get his head chopped off, and old Charles the first had to sign it. Later yep. on, old Charles the first got his fucking head chopped off. But no, I mean, what he's saying about the Canada is absolutely true here. I mean, supposedly, you have more rights than you do in Canada. That's a lie. You actually have less because the reason is, is that in this country, you have every single scum-fucking lawyer who essentially is working, who is working to bring in or hook revenue here. Whereas in very old it's, England... It's getting like that here, too. But, it's, huh? you know, we still got a few years to go before we get as bad as you do. 
Well, you have different things to where they're bad. In Canada, uh, you will have what things will literally be twice as expensive as, say, New York here, which was fairly, you know, I thought New York was expensive. Then I made my first trip to Canada, and you're seeing, okay, the price of diesel, you know, per gallon yeah. is what, taxes, $2, yeah. is $2, whereas the price for diesel fuel in Canada is $2.45. Per liter, so essentially yeah, yeah. You're, you're paying you're paying as much for a you know for one quarter, one quarter. I'm li- a liter a liter is a little bit bigger in a quart here, you know. And so as a result, you're paying the same price for a you know for a little bit over a quart than you are for a gallon in the United States at the time. Yeah, and it's, actually, it's actually down to around about a dollar right now. So it's like uh, it'd be like uh, equivalent to like four bucks a gallon, somewhere roughly like that. I don't know what you guys okay. are paying right now. It's probably but quite a bit. You, but twenty year, twenty five years ago, this was before Canada had these tar sands of Alberta, which were operated. Now, America gets most of its oil from Canada. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So this yep. was way before. This was way before Canada became a major oil-producing state here. So, yes, it it will be down because essentially Canada is, you know, is essentially providing and refining, you know, refining their product, which is essentially cooked off from these tar sands here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, we don't even we don't even really need that stuff, though. We got more oil around here than you can shake a stick at. I mean, even in Ontario, where I am, we got, we got oil here like absolute crazy. This probably... 50 oil wells within 10 miles of me, just right where I sit here right now. Country's full of this stuff, you know. We got we got enough oil to last a thousand years here. You know, we should well, but- we should be like uh, like Iraq or Iran or one of those countries where it's like five cents a gallon there. You go there, you know. Well, it, it, only- I had a guy tell me once it's like you know an Iraqi guy tell me once it's like five bucks. You fill your whole car up there. It's as big a tank as you got, you know. Because they don't charge the world price. They just, you know, it's cheaper than water. So, like, why charge any more than water? You know, like, they're not trying to fuck everybody. But here in this country, like, like we got to pay the world price that you guys pay when you go and you buy it from them. Eh? But we shouldn't have to do that at all when we're in an oil-producing country. We're the only well, one that does it. Well, you know, the, the, the story is, the story is, is that, you know, I used to listen to John Britton. He used to tell about how the Rothschilds decided that they were going to go to gasoline, you know, powered as opposed to steam-powered vehicles, you know. And one of the Rothschilds, yep. he liked the Stanley Steamer. But on the other hand, how do you tax some farmer in his 1925, you know, uh, full steam tractor, you know, you know, K steam tractor, who is essentially what he's doing is that when he's pulling this here, he is harvesting his corn stalks and his corn cobs, and essentially burning his corn stalks and his yeah, corn throwing cobs the cobs right in the engine in the, yeah. in, the bo- in the bo- in the boiler here to essentially run the thing to do that here. I mean, while I was talking about survivalism, I'm, you know, what I need to do is I got a number of generators. I need to make me. A good wood gas, you know, wood gas yeah. generator here, which gas is like generator, yeah. Yeah. World War Two. I mean, you know, it's 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 easier than steam or the boiler, and then having to dick with. Okay, you have a boiler, we need to go ahead and check it. I mean, essentially, what you do is that you create 
you essentially create a uh, movable better than, you know, essentially you have it to where it goes ahead and it cooks off. You know, I mean, whenever you put charcoal or wood or something like that, all that smoke here is carbon monoxide. It is a number of other gases here, but some of them have a good deal of creosote. So you go ahead and have it to where it burns off the tar, you know, and form yep. it into this colorless gas, which won't stick up your, uh, you know, the pistons in your, uh, you know, in your uh, whatever. And what they're doing here in Missouri at this, uh, oh, up at Lamar, they have uh, they have a major landfill. And what they do is that, you know, previous landfills had to worry about the buildup of methane gas. Well, what they do is about every 50 yards or something like that, they have a vent pipe, and they take that methane gas, and they feed it into a uh, essentially electrical, you know, big old electrical uh, generator, and they burn that methane gas. To pour, you know, to make enough electricity yeah. for about three thousand houses. You yeah, I mean? yeah, you could just feed it into the system, you know, and let everybody take it out, you know, and burn it in their own furnace. I mean, there you, you know, you could. There's, there's. I mean, we could solve every problem we ever had in this, you know, in the whole world if we didn't have the fucking Jew over us uh, trying to As figure out a way to screw us at every corner, you know, and screw us in every corner. I have pointed yeah. out. I have pointed out many times here. If you're worried about carbon, carbon, whatever here, uh, in Illinois, you have a coal belt. And the center of it is a place called Carbondale where they used to mine coal. And then they found big reserves of coal in Illinois, you know, downstate Illinois. And pretty well, Jimmy Carter said, no, 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 you know, 200 years, you can't mine this for 200 years. Well, ignore Jimmy Carter. Essentially, undo the you know undo the executive order. Essentially, set up these set up these uh, coal plants to perform you know to create enough electricity for Chicago, but also to essentially turn that coal into gasoline and diesel fuel. And then, if you want, you can then return in return. What you can do is, if you're worried about the carbon dioxide, you you go ahead and have algae farms, and you have biodiesel, and you squeeze yeah. it for some more. And essentially, you could do that here. Now, you could do it in Wyoming as well. Wyoming has a few oil wells. They have a big, they had a big old one owned by Sinclair, the giant truck stop, where essentially they would, well, essentially get you know their own oil, and they would make it into diesel. They would go ahead and find it into diesel fuel and stuff. This was not a big refinery. But it ran, essentially, it ran an underpopulated state like Wyoming. And yeah, so you yeah. could, you could, you, you know, and right now what happens in Wyoming in the Powder River, they have the biggest open pit mines in the world. And so why do you, you say in West Virginia, why, why tear up these mountainsides here for these Appalachian people and poison their, poison their wells with sludge and all this other stuff here when you can... Well, essentially, truck it in, truck it in by railroad, burn it, then send the ashes back in the empty cars back to Wyoming, and then you put it back in the ground. You know what I mean? You know, but no, they would, you I know, mean, I mean, there, there are ways, there are ways, if white men ran this thing, why, hey, we could probably be halfway to Mars by now. 
Uh, but we have we have to deal with niggers and lesbians and all these other critters. You must go ahead and feed us. You must go ahead and deal with us here. So the question is, how do you get there from here? And I've, I've gone ahead, and this show is about the bowel movement. And here I have dumbass Billy Roper. He unfriends me because April Gady insists because that whore, that whore is mad because I sang, because I sang a little, you know, I sang a little nasty song about this whore. And then in my YouTube video, you know, I, I, I named her as a traitor to Edgar Steele, which is what she is, and that's exactly what she was. And essentially, you know, why are you supporting a whore? I mean, you want to claim to be Christian identity. I mean, you know, I mean, what part is there for up the whores in Christian identity? I mean, where are you getting your Christian identity notices from your CI wife or girlfriend's pussy here? You sucking up to your meat straw? And essentially, this guy, you know, oh, Billy didn't give me a chance. And I've been doing things for Billy. I've been going ahead and advising him to save money and print, you know, print on Kindle and then on Amazon. I'm going ahead and rating highly his books. And this is how he treats me. He's, he's, you know, he's supporting a whore, you know, essentially, and not giving me a chance to go ahead and say something. And, you know, then I go ahead and realize it's shit. He was a little, he was a little factotum for William Pierce, who was a Zogbach. And then, what, back in 2005, after Butler died, he wanted to insist that Rick Sprang, you know, who was suspected of being a federal informant and who in 2007 said he was a federal informant, you know, I mean, essentially what you are is you are a, you are a factotum for Zogbachs. You know, I mean, essentially that, that's what you are. You essentially serve. You know, you serve for Zogbots, and you serve for essentially nothing other than some stupid whore can't figure out anything here. And here you are pretending that, you know, you're a – I mean, I, I was just I was just annoyed as hell. I mean, it really annoyed me. I, I, sort, of thought, I sort of thought if you, you know, you go ahead and treat someone right here, they'll have some loyalty back to you. He had, he had absolutely no fucking loyalty to me, wow. even though I took them for him. I remember years ago, Von Bluven's talking about this issue of women in the movement, you know, and, and that, was a, that was the time that uh, Bill White got in trouble with that Meg Ham chick, right? You remember her. She, uh, oh, she was like his girlfriend was, for a while, and he, then she goes over to, was, like, nigger Lamont Jenkins and, and, and those guys, Von Bluven's and, and the doc said, basically, you don't have anything to do with these you know, supposed women in the movement because they never stay very long. They're always, uh, they always wind up turning on you. Since so you find a normal woman, just like uh, any girlfriend, and you go with her, you know, a, a, quote, normal person that doesn't have anything to do with it. Like, and that's, that's what you do. Keep, uh, yeah, keep your mean, uh, women out of it. No, no woman, no woman in Chris Dandy gets to tell a man something else to do. And yeah, I would agree you know, with that. Yeah. No, I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, you end up having like, uh, you know, Meerkat Mark Downey here. I think I think it was a KKK FBI plant here when he first showed up in the seventies. He was just simply a Zogbot, and goes ahead and he runs off in the eighties. He runs off with the with the wife, you know, named Deborah something or another. Uh, probably what is a Jew running. Uh, Watch State Clan and found out, found out is that, hey, you know, Deborah Downey here, her name previously was Badinsky. Badinsky is a Polak Jew name. Yeah. So here, here, 
here he is, here he is, and eventually, eventually, what happens? I get mad when uh, essentially here is this character who shows up named Andy Anderson here, and he had he had a Filipino wife. You know, he's working at the Bremerton Naval Station here. He's a one seed liner. He shows up. He offers. He says he's going to leave after this list server here. This this list server was set up by some dodgy character, you know, Cygnus One of the Hotmail account, aka Robert Paul, probably a Jew himself. He went ahead and invited me, Willie Martin, a whole bunch of other Christian Danny people in the summer of 1999 when the FBI is thinking that Christian Danny is what holds the bowel movement together here and they had their Project Megiddo. So here I'm invited here, and so it's going to be a fine time, and then Y2 chaos doesn't occur, and then my time may happen, and it's obvious Y2 chaos is going to do jack shit. You know, here's this yeah, one character, yeah. he, whines, he whines about everybody, you know, saying something he don't like, and he's going to leave, and then the next day he shows up and he bans, he bans uh, the mad Russian who may be a Jew, he bans this other Jew, uh, who's, well, see, his daddy was a Jew, his mother was a Quigris here, as opposed to, you know, this churcher named Yer Davidy, uh, whose mama was a Jew and whose daddy was an Aussie, you know, was an Aussie character, and he's a, you know, you know, um, you know and this R.D. Bradshaw, he's a wheel-off, you know, Mongol of some sort here, who's a Talmudist, who John Britton is now asked to mouth with. But anyway, they come in there, and essentially, the only ones that left here is this, you know, was a Finnish Jew called Richard Nimoy, who's still around. You know, uh, there's, uh, you know, Clint Downey, Meerkat Mark Downey, Maggie Bell Bitch Butts of Tupelo, Mississippi. You know, I think she's a Melanchonist. Yeah. And let me see. And and what happens is that uh, I get banned. I suppose I accidentally self-unsubscribe myself. No, I got censored and kicked off. Well, it goes on for two years, and Hengist is the only one. He's, he's, he's given in these little digs here, and I've formed a new Yahoo groups. And he doesn't, you know, I mean, essentially, we're all looking at each other just like we do now here. I mean, Alex Linder looks at my forum. The Pistol Possum looks at my forum. Don Black looks at my forum. I look at theirs. We're all spying on each other here. It's like we all have little telescopes. We're looking. We're looking at what dirt we can find on each other. You know what I mean? Wow, so that's here, the movement here, right there. Yeah, that's the bowel movement. So here it yeah. is. Here it is. Here it is. Is that hey, Hengus uh, goes ahead and says, you know, I mean, after you know, May 2001, I formed Christian underscore nationalist at Yahoo groups, and. Uh, it used to be that Yahoo Groups was the main, was the main, you know, medium, the main medium. First, it was the, it was the, the 300 baud BBS, and then it was the 14-4 fax, you know, the fax, you know, fax trees. And it was the, it was the hundred dollar, you know, PO box, major domo PO box uh, email service, and it was the e groups, which got sold for half a billion dollars to Yahoo. And there was a Yahoo group until 2003, and then it became to be moved and formed to about 2010. Yeah, and now yeah. it is now now it is the moderated WordPress blog. And you go look at Daily Spermer, you go ahead and look at Renegade Tribune, you go ahead and look at Occidental Dipshit, you go ahead and look at all, they're all WordPress, highly moderated, and they have their own little bunch of tards, their own little bunch of tards and trolls. Okay. So you know, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, Martin. 
why there's so many. Well, you know, you're an American, I'm a Canadian, and you got to keep that in mind. And now I'm going to tell you why there are so many shitty fucking dirty kikes from Canada and the United States all wrapped up in this thing. I looked at the statistics on uh, Wikipedia not too long ago as to how many how many uh, rat kikes as a percentage of the population are in our countries. And, and for your country, United States of America, it was every 56th or 53rd person was a Jew there. In Canada, it's one in 90. And we were like the absolute shittiest, most kiked out fucking countries on the face of the earth. Now, when you go to a place like France, which you think is like totally kike run, right? It's like one in a thousand there. And it's the same thing for and, all and over Europe much, and the whole rest of the world. <laughs> we like, we are so totally, totally fucking kiked here. Like, it's, it's not even, a, they're, we're, we're not even the same ballpark as everybody else. And, I mean, you wonder why there's so many Jews walking around in Christian identity and everything else. It's just because there's so many fucking Jews, period. I mean, that's, that's what it boils down to. We're, well, we're just swimming uh, in them here. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, you also got to understand is that there's different types of Jews here. There's some party Jews, like Eli yeah, James. Yeah, sure, yeah. And then there's, there, there's the Ashkenazi Jews. And what what happens is in, in the spow movement here, I have used, I've abused a quarter, you know, 25% Jew boy named Daryl Basarab, a.k.a. Kane123-45666 here. I'm on fairly good terms with... Uh, Paul Dembski, who is a pure-blooded Ashkenazi Jew, he's a self-loathing Jew. He probably, I mean, some of them, some of them act more manly than uh, you know most of the Whiggers do. You know, then there's you know then they get nastier, like old News Kike here. I mean, him and I don't really much care for each other, but we haven't. Yeah, really yeah. But he's a piece case, of shit from you, forever. Yeah. Yeah, he's a piece of shit from forever. I knew, I knew damn well he was a Jew. You know, even before you, you know, I listened the second time. He interviewed Brian Real, and by the way, he's taken down that thing. But luckily, I have it here. The other night, I was looking at them bitching here, and I have Brian Real telling Fink that he's engaged in a conspiracy with Eli James to take down my and others to take down my web page here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to lower the boom on Brian Real and send him to prison, and you know, pretty well mess up his other lawsuits because he has a whole bunch of them here, a whole bunch of them here. And I think it's, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these days that little mongrel was to go to an elementary school in Cleveland or Memphis, you know, and, and essentially gunned down, you know, I mean, I think he's the next Adam Lanza here. He was, a, he was accusing me of being buddy-buddy with Trader Glenn Miller. No, uh, Trader Glenn Miller ain't no buddy. But, but here we have, here we have, you know, you know, in the bowel movement, you know, you have critters like Dan Johns, and you find out that he has Crohn's here. He's, he's a carrier of Crohn's. He didn't have it so bad, but his son Jeremiah had it really bad, and he's, you know, they're really close to think here. And then you, you, you have these characters, and throughout this bowel movement, be it Jared Taylor, be it Alex Jones, be it whatever, P.O., these, these Jews come in as being part of the Zogmot scheme, as being their keepers and their trainers and their useful Jews, and they're essentially brought in. Andre the Nigger, what, 
you know, that's why I was trying to tell this, uh, you know, tell this character, you know, I think he's, I think he's an Aussie poofter pedo, you know, living in Vietnam. I mean, what the fuck are you going to sex tourist capital of the, you know, of the world outside of Thailand? You know what I mean? Why are you there here unless you're a, you know, unless you're a perv here? You know what I mean? I think he probably, I, I got the feeling he probably had his ass felt up a few times when he was a kid. That's, you know, you know, like I hate queers and everything too, but, uh, I don't obsess about them. You know what I mean? It's it's not like it's my entire life is to hate queers, you know? It isn't even my no. entire life to hate Jews, even though I hate them. But, you know, as soon as, you know, something pretty nasty has to happen to you in order to make you kind of, uh, you know, pretty obsessive. Like you, you, you got thrown in the nut house over the, you know, over that whole business well, you were yeah, in. But, of course, you know, that makes you mad. Now you want to you wanna really... Get the fucking zog, you know, and then pigs and judges and everything else, and of course kill them, you know. Then you know that I can see that. That's how that sort of thing happens, you well, know. So when you're talking about a guy like thing, Luke, well, he, you know, he's when he first talked here about how everybody's a pedo except him. So, oh, good lord, here, you know, here's, yeah, here's, here's some sort, of, here's some sort of faggot flake here. But essentially, you know, my attitude is that hey, after my monologue, hey. You know, not any tard can call in, even enemy tards. Bail Fink can call in. Nigger Lips Brian, one time Nigger Lips Brian Real called in, and he deliberately stirred John Britton up here to scream and holler. All I did was just simply probe, 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 probe to where, you know, oh, oh well, he called me a child molester. I said, no, you, you're the one who keeps on calling me a convicted child molester, no less here. You know, and essentially, you know, Brian Real is just simply a, He's just simply a evil mongrel. I think he's part Jew himself. You know, I mean, case, he's one of those guys that can dish it out and can't take it, though, too, you know? Well, that's, that's what most of them are. Just you know, like and that's, Luke, just like that's the sign of, a, of kind of a, a really a piece of shit. Eh? I mean, you know, uh, if, you can't, uh, if you can't take it, you know, you shouldn't be dishing it out either. People who, you know... Throw stones well, at glass we houses. Were, that's that basically was, what it's about. That's what we were taught. Don't dish it out if you can't take it. You yeah, I mean? absolutely. Yeah. But, well, you know, you know you back have, when was in the days when they were teaching you how to be real men, but that's, you know, that's not the way it works these days. They don't teach you anything no, no. anymore, you know. They don't teach you anything anymore. And, uh, uh, you know, generally in my arguments with the bow boom and essentially with, you know, I mean, obvious dog bot pig tars like, uh, you know, Uncle Tom's dog pig. He's actually the smartest one a lot. So is, uh, so is Wolfowitz Wellingwellstein. I mean, Bitch Booberos, you know, I don't even bother to argue with him because, shit, he's just a red deer who don't know a damn thing other than a few code words. You know what I mean? But yeah, essentially you have, you have these creatures here, Andre the nigger, where does he get, where does he, I don't think, I don't think he writes hardly any of the stuff. I think it's just some Jew who's going ahead and giving it to him, just like another Jew. Well, when you, when you listen to that, uh, that radio show he did with the two niggers from a couple of years ago, it was only like 2012, he's talking about how he only has black girlfriends, he only likes black girls, and uh, what was, he, what was oh, some yeah. of the other stuff? He says, oh, is it, you know, the, 
the white race needs to be bred out and all this kind of stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, and here he's going around us. telling people, oh, you know, I've been hanging around uh, Stormfront since I was, you know, since like 2001 or something. Well, yeah, as a, as a well, no, queer, you're maybe, because, uh, you know, and, and Andy. No, 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 he wasn't there. I mean, essentially Stormfront was just simply a curiosity which had some very good writing until they bought some, uh, you know, the Molten 2 point whatever way back in uh, 2003. You know what I mean? Yeah. Alex Linder. Alex Linder. He was essentially a Jew who was a neocon and was abandoned sometime in 1999. Here's William Pierce. He got $400,000 older money. He's just He's bought the farm here. He has, what, 310000 more. He's buying some other stuff here. You know, Zog knows all about it here. And he, he sets up the second thing, and he goes and finds him a Jew. And same way with Wiggerswell. This character, this character was essentially a CIA or whatever plant since 1966 or 1967. And essentially, he's running with another Jew named Benny Classen. And then Benny Classen. Uh, essentially says, well, you all stop, you all stop beating your wife here, you know. And essentially, you know, you know, you keep doing this shit anymore. I, I don't need this shit here. You know, what I mean, I'm a Jew faggot. I don't need, I don't need Anglo mestizos beating their Anglo mestizo wives here. You know what I mean? This is not yeah. a fucking Mexican thing here. So he goes ahead and kicks Wiggerswell out. So then Wiggerswell somehow becomes, you know. You know, uh, you know, he he, he claims he's membership director. Yes, he's membership director. His job is to make sure that there is no growth in membership, which will run through the remainder of the order money, and that is what he is sent for. He is sent there to deliberately piss off Christians or piss off anything that Pierce will have here. And Pierce is a Zogbot. Anyway, Pierce goes ahead and find. I mean, what you see in the bowel movement is injection. You see what? You see what? Captain Senility, Clifton M. Heiser. He's a Sicilian Guido, probably a Sephardic Jew. And what he does is he he goes ahead and he he goes ahead and he works on, you know, Bertrand Comparé's sermons here and then he puts his little you know, he puts his own little bullshit about how Bertrand's so wrong about six day beasts in the field. And essentially, yeah. then he goes ahead, he gets known as a name in C.I. Dempsey by people who don't know a damn thing about it, you know, any more than Billy Roper does. If Billy Roper had been raised in Christian identity, he'd know that if you go ahead and take the part of a woman, especially a known whore, against another Christian identity leader or teacher or preacher or whatever, you're dead meat. You are dead meat in Christian identity because, hey, Essentially, you pointed out is that you're not really one of us, and that's what Billy Roper did. But this last past week here, you know what I mean? Well, you know the the devil's children do their father's work. You know, essentially that's yeah, what well, it all do. comes down to. I mean, when you got anybody who's Billy, trying to to you Billy, know destroy the 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 pure doctrine of anything, whether it be Baptist Church or whatever, which isn't that, which, well, wasn't that bad a hundred years ago before it got Jewed over, you know, uh, those are the devil's people. I mean, that's what it all comes down to. Absolutely. Well, really, really, I don't think he's a Jew boy. I'm not, I don't even think he's Anglo Steve. He's just simply some inbred, you know, hillbilly from Arkansas who got a little bit of teaching here, got a little bit of learning here. And he gets to where he is able to get along about everybody, and he's a very well-run 
facto tum. I mean, essentially, that, that's what I call them. I just call them a zog, a zog tard, you know, facto tum of zog bots or facto tum of zog tards here. Well, you see, that's the whole thing. Even, even if he isn't a Jew himself, you know, there's always a Jew behind him, you know, behind so the fool, That's exactly. Essentially. Andre the nigger. Four years ago, he was an open anti-racist activist, and he put up, you know, look at me and my, you know, 12-year-old Filipino jail-bit girlfriend. You see little, you know, Minnie Amelgo's, you know, Amelgo, and she began to grow tits here, and essentially she's just a little big dragon lady who wants whatever Andre the nigger can give her. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's a famous, that's a famous YouTube, and, you know, about a year and a half ago, Billy, I'm sorry, not Billy, but uh, Andre the nigger took it down and he will get on your ass if you go ahead and put it up on YouTube. You'll find, he'll sign a DMCA complaint against your ass. But it's still up on Live Leak. You can still see it. Oh, you, it's all over the fucking place. It's, yeah, you, it's you here and there. Yeah. You can, cards. You, you know, that's it's the age I'm, of the was, Internet. You can't get rid of anything. Everything no, stays once it's there somewhere. Everything, if it gets seen by over five people here, or even one person that, you know, essentially like me, saves whatever the hell he can get here. I mean, essentially, it's never gone. It's the, you know, as yeah, long as there's a hard drive, it's never gone. So as a result, uh, I was going ahead and I was remembering what Brian Rio said to think here about essentially him engaging in conspiracy with other people, you know, but including they were mad at Eli James because Eli James was supposed to file one of these bogus ones. And Eli James was his real name, so he didn't do what he was supposed to do. So essentially, here's Brian Rio. Essentially, admitting he's committing a crime. He's committing a crime. Oh, so if James, if James had actually filed it, he would have had to use his real name then. And that's why he wouldn't yeah, do he it. Yeah, he would have had to use his real name. What happens is that he's been known as Joseph November, and then in 2012, uh, essentially, old nigger lips, old nigger lips, and think go ahead and find out. You know, his, you know, he's as Joseph November, and they see him as a. YouTube video, and he sounded like a little caterwauling Jew here for some place in Chicago. And essentially, his uh, he's been married. He's been known as Joseph November at least since 1981, where he married this Uyghur named Catherine Gray, and they had two daughters. November, he'd have to be an Indian or something with that name, though, wouldn't he? No, November. November is somewhat of a Jew name, but uh, what happens is that here he is, and his daughter is marrying a Egyptian Coptic sand nigger. And here's mm. Brian Rio going ahead and making a big deal. Well, your name was Joseph November, and then in 2005 you came up with this book called The Great Impersonation. Well, I well actually, Martin, <laughs> you probably should be happy that all these people are marrying like uh, you know half mamsers or full mamsers or anything else. Because if they were marrying white people, they'd be further diluting the white race. You know what yeah, I mean? They'd be, further, you know, they'd be further purifying it. And so yeah, so it's, it's really, yeah, it's really not a bad I thing if they do shit. that. I don't give, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if Eli, you know, Jew daughters goes ahead and marries a Coptic, you know, Egyptian sand nigger. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm glad yeah. about that. That means that they're not, they're not further. You know, you know, they're not further messing with the Whigger gene pool such as it is here. You know, yeah, but yeah. then again, you gotta you gotta understand is that there are two there are two seed lines. The rest of them is just simply decent people without any souls here. And you don't worry about it too much. But yeah, in case, yeah. at the same time, you have in 2012 here when these things are coming, you have 
Oh, Eli James, he's scurrying off to another place. He's going to be on micro whatever radio. Some other little tarred thing here which sets up for a little while here. The reason TalkShoe's been around is that TalkShoe has stayed around here. This is not the most, you know, if you re-engineer the show, you can have it wonderfully. Wonderfully, you know, betterfully if you go ahead and re-engineer the show using WavePad, which is my choice of whatever. But, you know, I've I, I fallen behind in re-engineering shows here. And so I decided recently to just simply play music here on the cell phone. Yeah, yeah. But, but, in any case, uh, where was I? Uh, here, you know, here's Eli James. He gets on to another one. Here comes on this woman called Rebecca Mesh, and she says, "My daughter is half Cherokee. That means she's a pure Israelite." And then here comes this Isaiah 14. Pure Israelite if you're a Mormon or something, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're the only ones who believe Indians or anything other than just Asians so John, from John Britton. John Britton, I say, hey, you you ought to stay a Mormon. You know, I mean, shit. You know, especially you're a you're a Mormon. Was he a Mormon? Hmm? He was raising his daughters. He was raising his daughters as Mormons here. Just what tells oh, the Mormons. And I, I think that's a good idea because especially it teaches women to be be obedient. I would say that of all the women who are in Christian identity, only one in seven or one in eight is actually a Christian identity female. The rest of them here are just simply, you know, they're critters who don't know how to behave. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I well, mean, that's, the, that's the church in general down. these days, though. Okay. I mean, in any church, in any denomination, it doesn't matter whether it's Christian identity. <laughs> Baptist, Methodist, well, no, whatever, they all want to be deacons and they all want to be, uh, you know, ministers and everything. I mean, we got them here in Canada. We got we got this united church here where they took the Methodists and, uh, I don't know, whoever, Lutherans or something like that and rolled a bunch of them together. There's like half of these churches now in Canada. Now this united church has like either a queer or a woman or some other, you know, freakazoid up at the front of the pulpit. I mean, it's absolutely oh, like, disgusting. Like, like the like the bishop of the Washington Episcopalian Church. She is yeah, a... Yeah, Episcopalian, yeah. That's, that's about you as know, bad. And, and she's she yeah. They don't have anybody hardly to where their wonderful church, which was built a hundred some years ago, has big old cracks in it, and it's about to fall down, and they don't... You know, I mean, you know, this, this present pope here with his talk about allowing all these Muslims to invade here... Uh, I don't know if you've read the book Camp of the Saints here. Uh, no, I've heard of it, though. It, it's a PDF. I'll shoot. Uh, hell, if I, had a, if I had a link here, maybe I'll put it in here. But it, essentially, it is a free PDF file here. Uh, I, I actually have the book down at the trailer that I bought for a quarter because the library would get a bunch of books here for free, and then they'd show them for a couple of years, and they'd sell them for a quarter. Yeah. So I have a... I have John Rustale's probably second or third edition, uh, Camp of the Saints here. And it's it's a hell of a book. It's a hell of a book. And in the very first chapter, you have this pope who has given away all the riches of St. Peter's Basilica to feed the poor, to feed these mongrels here in the rest of the Oh, that's never going to happen. That's like a total well, joke right there. Here. I, mean, I, I mean, look here. You know, for all practical purposes... Maybe what the Hungarians ought to do is give them a free train ticket to Rome. 
Give them a, better yet, give them a fucking free train ticket to fucking Brussels and let these Flanders faggots steal these goddamn pieces of shit. That sounds like exactly what they're doing. Basically, the Serbs and everybody are just letting them walk right through their countries. You know, get the fuck out of here. Go to Austria or wherever you want to go. We don't care. Just get out of our country, you know. What the Serbs are doing, you know, is sort of like what the Hungarians were doing. You know, but the Hungarians were trying to stop it here. That's what the Serbs were doing. Essentially, the Greeks were doing. Essentially, guess what? Here's a dirt road. Not the main road. Here's a dirt road. Essentially, what we'll do is we'll put a porta potty and we'll go ahead and we'll feed and water you. But what you do is you just keep on walking. You just keep, keep on walking to our shitty little countries here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then yeah, just like in the fast. Depression, you know, don't stop in our town. Keep walking. Mm-hmm. You find somebody else's town, you well, can stop in. They're not even letting them in the towns here. What they're doing is essentially you see them running through the cornfields here when they're chased here. But essentially what they have is, is what I've seen in Hungary is that they have a dirt road. Dirt road, you know, a lot of a lot of places, you know, in poor countries, and increasingly in places which are becoming poor, like Michigan and South Dakota never oh, did yeah, have it sure. paved here. I mean, essentially you have a well-maintained dirt road. Well, here is a dirt road. And essentially what they have, they have some police tape here, and supposedly they're supposed to stay there. And what what happens, you see a whole bunch of trash, you know, in this, you know, you know I mean, now there's nothing green growing like there normally would be. Essentially, you have this dirt road, and you'll have these porta-potties. And essentially what happens is that, okay, keep walking, keep walking through this country. You know what I mean? And then what, yeah. they, what, they, did, what they did in Hungary is they started putting up. They started putting cotton. You know, I mean, this shit happened as a result of a tweet on August 27th. That's what I seen on Charlie Rose the other day. Where did they Who's get the idea? From? Well, guess what? You know, the the division, no, the division, which was supposed to take in these refugees here in Germany, sent out a tweet about how they were not going to, they were not going to enforce the Dublin Accords, which essentially said. Mm. That we're going to divide, we're going to go ahead and differentiate between true, true refugee, you know, true political refugees, those who are fleeing yeah. from Saddam Hussein or ISIS, and the economic ones. We're not going to differentiate between them. And essentially, they seen that tweet, and on the 28th they started. The word got out, and essentially by the 29th they were starting the march. Well, they need to find the fucking place to put that, that thing hey, out and absolutely string them up. This tweet was less that this tweet. No, this was supposedly the tweet which was associated with the German division of you know refugees. Yeah, but who's running that highest, though, right? Huh? Who's running that though, right? It ain't some German. Well, it might very, might very well be a Jew, or it might be very well. I mean, Angela Merkel. When it comes down to it, isn't she just a tool of the Jews? Well, yeah, if she isn't actually yeah. one herself. I don't know. I'm sure you okay. probably looked into her background. You know, I mean, there's, there's everybody everybody always seems to have a background. You know, you look at this Stephen Harper guy who's running my country right now. You look into his background, and he's married to some woman named Teske, and he supposedly has Jewish grandparents and everything. It's like everybody, you know. Well, Paul Fromm, Paul Fromm, Paul Fromm. He, he's a big character on Spurn Fart here. You know, yeah. essentially, what happens is that, you know, one of these nimbus retards sent me last month, some guy from Carl from Alabama 
goes ahead and she's asked about, you know, look, why in the world didn't you, you know, why the hell are you shitting on Edgar Steele? Well, Edgar Steele, Edgar Steele, he was talking to his little, you know, to his little uh, Volga, you know, Volga, Volga named Tatiana, whatever, you know, you know, Tatiana Crabs and, you know, Crabs and Pussy or whatever, you know, Ski or whatever. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, essentially, you know, okay, you know, guess what? Edgar Steele here, he was talking to his honey here. That makes him guilty. That makes him guilty of plotting to kill his wife here. Well, no, that doesn't mean that maybe he's trying to go ahead and get some, you know, I mean, maybe he's trying to go ahead and get some Volga Volga. I don't know. But essentially, essentially, if his wife stuck by him, what concern is it of yours? You know what I mean? But what yeah, gets yeah. me with, with Don Black and David Duck and April Gady, what happens is that they all had a little agreement here called the 2000 New Orleans Protocol when David Duck got out of prison, you know, for taking gambling money. You know, he took a plea deal, and he got 18 months here. He, he pled guilty to be a thief, which he was. He's always been a thief. He's always, you know, gone after other people's pussy. When you- when you're taking gambling I mean, money, you're taking Jew money, too, of course. Edgar Steele was one of the people who signed that New Orleans protocol. And essentially, Don Black can't keep a deal. He can't keep his word. April Gady, I'm so pissed off of that bitch, not for so much, you know, you know, cutting, you know, betraying Covington. You know, essentially calling me a child molester here because she's quoting Fink. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, yeah. he didn't tell Billy Roper that. You know, look, bitch. You call me a child molester, I can do whatever the fuck. I can say anything I want to about you, cocksucker. I can say that you're a chomo. I can say you're a pedo. I can say you're a faggot. I can say you're a Jew. And there, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. But you yeah, that goofy, that goofy little jack off Luke there, like he was probably sent over over to your place by uh, by Anglin. Remember when he first got on there, he was talking about how his friends were all right for Andre Anglin and everything. You know, he was probably well, sent over there out, to do that job. Turned on out. There. Turned out, this faggot here, I let him speak here. And then he calls up to Wolfwood's Willing Wolfstein and calls me a child molester and calls me a Zogbot. And all how he's pissed off because I went ahead and showed this thing that this guy named Eunuch had created this magazine cover about Let's Party with Andre the Nigger. And essentially, he's, you know, he's having a sausage fest or something like that. And he's pissing and moaning. He's pissing and moaning about it. Now, I, I ain't the one. I, I really don't have that good of Photoshop skills. If I did, I would have some really grotty cartoons here. You know what I mean? Some really nasty uh, cartoons. But I laughed at what Unicad. Essentially, he blames me for that, for those posts that some nimbuster tards are posting over there here. He's blaming me for it. So, essentially, here he is. Here he is. I think you know, I think the character is indeed I think he's a pedophile. I think he's a faggot. I think he's some sort of, he's some sort of yeah, I've seen his little YouTube where he's hanging around like Darth Cocksucker, you know what I mean? Running around yep. with another you know, with another hybrid nigger faggot here. And so I said I'd gill both I'd skin and gill both of them here without you know, with a without you know, with a heart. And so they think they're clever. They think they're being clever. They're not clever. They're, you know, I mean, essentially idiots here. But anyway, you know, I point out is that hey, four years ago, he, you know, Andre the Nigger was an open, was an open anti-racist activist here. And over the years, he has, you know, he had a YouTube video up with little, you know, little female, you know, Imelda Marcos Jr. here, little, you know, little greedy little dragon lady with little budding pities here, or whatever. 
essentially. Yeah. You know, here he is. He's 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 a sex tourist in the Philippines here. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, why do you go over to the Philippines and essentially run around with well, really any Filipino woman? It's, you know, you know it's funny to like the whole quote right side of the political spectrum has always been like that though. You know, like Ronald Reagan was a Democrat, and then he was a communist, and there was... Remember that Supreme Court justice? I can't remember which one it was now. Uh, the guy was like a commie in the 1930s and 40s, and then I think it was Bush who nominated him, and all of a sudden they found that uh, out. Talk about, and I remember talk years ago saying to myself, why can't they find somebody who's been like a lifelong conservative to take these fucking jobs? They always got to find some former communist, some former something... You know, I mean, there's guys all over the place who have been, you well, know, decent stand-up guys for their whole lives, and yet they never seem to come into the to leadership positions, you know? That doesn't mean a damn thing. Earl Warren. Earl Warren was the federal judge who told FDR, go ahead and put all them fucking jappers in a camp. You know, he's the one, you know, he's the, he's the ninth circus court of appeals judge, Earl Warren. Yeah. Earl Warren was a wannabe governor of California, I think, and then he he got on the ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, and guess what? You know, look, you know, look, Feather Duster, Feather Duster Rosenfeld, go ahead and round up them fucking chappers and put them all in fucking camps. He said that wasn't a bad idea. I gotta give him credit for that one. Well, yeah. So you were thought here, here, here's like the kike. He goes ahead. And now nice to be Chief Justice Earl Warren. Well, Earl Warren is one of us here. Well, I guess what? You know, he signed off 10 years ago, you know, putting all them damn jappers in the camp here. I mean, the fact that George K is still whining about it here, what, 60, 70 years later. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway. You know, they had, they had here, guts back then to do that kind of stuff. He goes ahead, he makes this character. He makes his character the Supreme Court Justice, you know, head, you know, head senior justice or chief justice. And what does he do? He comes up with this shit here by some stupid sleeves here about how poor little niggers are traumatized here to where they don't get to live with white people. We're going to undo, we're going to do Plessy versus Ferguson here. Is he the yeah, one that's behind the bus? And the thing was, 1954, Brown versus Board of Education. They just totally, just like faggot mayors, they just pulled it out of their ass because that's what they mm-hmm. wanted to do. And then Ike yeah. Kike, he goes ahead and he calls the 82nd Airborne to uh, to uh, essentially bring that thing in. So, hey, it doesn't matter what they're conservative or whatever juices here. You know, I mean, essentially, the thing that matters is that whenever any Supreme Court justice gets out of line. You either impeach his ass or you just simply ignore his bullshit. You know what I mean? 1987, yeah, yeah. you know, Bowers versus Chadwick, the states have perfect right to impose you know, consensual sodomy, you know, butt-fucking laws. 2000, 2003, what? Lawrence versus Texas? Well, I guess what? The states no longer have a right to impose butt-fuck, anti-butt-fucking laws. And then, yeah. 2015, guess what? Now, now you ought to do that here. This woman, this woman who's been married several times before, what she should have done is so say, guess what? Oh, fuck, I'm going you know, what the fuck here? Why do you need a marriage license here? Okay, 
Why do normal white people, you know, marrying, need a marriage license? Why do you have to from state to do something that's, you know, essentially been your rights as long before the law came out? I'll just tell you what here. I'll go ahead and give these faggot marriage licenses. You know, do you want to marry two women or two husbands? Do you want to marry your chicken? Well, shit, folks, why should we discriminate? You know, yep, hell, exactly. you, know, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, when they were arguing that shit this March here, you know, I, I went ahead and took a picture of old poopy dog or Mel's a pup, you know, my four-legged one. You know, he, he went ahead and found a little younger brown hound who was smaller than him, but younger. And they were, you know, they were catching and pitching. You know what I mean? They were engaged in dog sodomy. I went ahead and called the little brown one. I called him Brian Rio, and I went ahead and said, you and poopy dog, Belsey Pop, you are hereby married here. You know, here you are, you know, married, you know, in the mountains of unholy wedlock here to Brian Rio here, this little brown hound here. You know what I mean? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't I mean, see, you want to play this game, but, you know, what it boils down to, you know, and I was looking, and here's this blonde, blue-eyed heifer from Mississippi, an American. You know, I'm wiping Rox's ass here. You know, should that should that Supreme Court just you know should this Kentucky you know is she you know in the rights to do that here? And the stupid bitch will say, you know, stupid young bitch, you know, maybe she wants to be Miss America. She is telling them, she is telling them as it's sure. What happens is whatever some lawyer goes ahead and decreases the law, why well, it's the law of the land? Well, no, a representative form of government. Supposedly, your representatives decide what the law is for the people, not some fucking lawyer, not some unelected yeah. fucking lawyer. But hey, I mean, this is this is a this is time we live in to where there is no law, there is no rule of law. It's whatever those in power think of as at the time here. And yeah. you know, in yeah. my show, my show, and that's why I keep on trying to say is that shoot, when I came into the movement after Waco in 1993. The vast majority, you know, almost every every single one militia I ever heard of was a small, less than 20 member, uh, I mean, essentially people who were related or long-term friends, and essentially it was usually run by a military veteran who was Christian identity or, or clan or both. And then it wasn't until 19, late 1994, early 1995, the Zog Babylon started creating these suburban militias, which yeah. just had to, oh, I'm in Kansas City 51st here. Here's the Wigger militias here. Oh, goody here. Well, shit, we can't be racist. Let's go ahead and buy some fucking FKSs to, to give these fucking niggers, you know, in, Can- in, down, you know, in Truist Avenue and Grand Avenue, Kansas City. You're given yeah, uh, what? You're I remember, given, the, I remember uh, the Michigan militia there. They had uh, they oh, had yeah. nigger officers in the Michigan militia. I remember seeing them on oh, TV. They did. Well, what happens is that they got rid of Norm Olson, and then they had these two federal agent provocateurs, uh, you know, named Wayne and whatever, who were known agent provocateurs. And then around 1999, essentially, here here's the FBI and everybody. They're trying to get people to get rid of these. And these Klansmen and these Christian identity people that already gotten rid of. Now we want you to give her, give give us your their their names because they're the glue which holds the you know essentially they're the bad guys of Y two K. Which is kind of funny because uh, it probably wasn't until I don't know maybe 
2004 or 5 that I ever even met my first Christian identity guy. It was in a, it was in a Yahoo group, uh, a North Stars group, I think. I never even heard of it, never even heard of it before. And yet those guys thought it was like a thing that held the glue together. Like there isn't, there isn't probably of those militia guys, and I used to hang around with them, like one in ten of them would have even known what a Christian identity uh, person was. But that's in Canada, right? Well, in Canada, some of the guys in the United States, too, that I knew. Okay. Well, they wouldn't have known. Missouri. But, but you know, the thing is, is like these are all northern people, though. So, you know, yeah. down maybe a little further south, you get into well, a, a little bit more CI country, maybe. But, I mean, there's, there's none up northern, well, the biggest, uh, uh, northeast, the anyway. Biggest, the biggest concentration of Christian identity, you know, is what? Oh, northern Idaho or Arkansas. Something? Northern, no, oh, okay, Arkansas. way down northern, south, yeah. yeah. Northern Northern Arkansas and Southern Missouri. Essentially, Christian Day is mainly a hillbilly. The second biggest one is where Papa Cat comes from western North Carolina and eastern Tennessee. Yeah. And then the third one is, well, the one they think about is Butler here. But, you know, I, I need to go ahead and write a history of Christian identity and the rest here. And I've been talking to Dewey Tucker and Pretty well, he confirms what this Jew kind said here. I mean, essentially, when Wesley Swift died in 1970 here, toward the last six months here, uh, he would lose his train of thought here. And they, they would just simply, on some of them sermons, they would just simply either edit it or they would just simply not you know, post it here. So he died in 1970. Did he have like, that, Alzheimer's or something like that at the end? No, he had something here. I don't know what the heck he was. He was really, he really was a Southern Methodist here. He was associated with the Klan, and you'd have Gerald L. K. Smith who would go ahead. Gerald L. K. Smith was supposed to be Huey Long here, and Gerald L. K. Smith lived till about 1975, 1976. Yeah. Essentially, Dewey Tucker knew these people. Essentially, what happens is that he, uh, you know, he set up his, you know, Dewey set up his own organization. And I think this was before he got into the reincarnation and no free will, you know, thing that I don't agree with him on here. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I've been on do I ain't been on Dewey's show for about close to two months now. And the reason is I like Dewey. You know, I respect Dewey, but I just don't believe what he's preaching here. Uh how do you I, I don't agree with him. Shit anyway. Huh? I have how do you no get idea. all that kind of shit anyway. I call that reincarnation I stuff. I mean, because, well, see, you don't want to call it reincarnation, but that's what it is. And he, uh, you know, and the no free will, well, if you believe that, then why bother? I mean, yeah, if it's exactly. all theology, yeah. just, just kick back and, you know, leave it at that here. Don't what are we even here for? You know, that's... Yeah, yeah what, 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 is, what is the point here? You end up asking yeah. yourself. What is the point? Yeah. But yeah, you well, have, either good or evil, we might as well just stayed where we came from, you know. Well, just do whatever you want here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, first I compared it to being a robot, then I compared it to being a lab rat. You're not going to get out of the maze, so Yahweh is ready. You know, thinks you've gone through enough reincarnations. He picks you up by the tail here. Now I call it being a Yahweh cabbage. 
I mean, essentially, way back when you were Elohim, you helped Yahweh, the great farmer, build the raised beds here, and now you're a Yahweh cabbage, and, you know, he pinches something from himself here, and he sets a cabbage root here. I don't know if you've ever raised cabbages, have you? No, I never have, no. Okay, you raise a cabbage here, you know, the first head will come up with about three, you know, you go ahead and plant it, it you know, it, it, it will it will stand a little bit of frost here. It won't stand below 20 degrees, but it'll stand... You know, it'll stand 32 degrees, whatever here. It, it, you know, it, it's a cold-weather plant here, you know, cabbage is. Yeah, yeah. So eventually you go ahead and you grow it. You start it in March here. And then by April, May, June here, you, you harvest the first head here. You harvest the one big cabbage here from the head. And essentially, then you end up having the root and a few outside leaves here. What you do then is that you take the main root and you carve a cross into it so it'll go ahead and form two, you know, four different little stocks and, you know, it'll form four smaller heads or something like that here. Yeah, so yeah. Essentially, the root, the root, in some cases, you have a mild winter like the winter of 2011-2012, the cabbage never actually gets a hard freeze, never gets below 20 degrees Fahrenheit, and so as a result, it goes ahead and grows here, and you can maybe try to grow cabbage, but it's going to try to you know, especially when it's a year old, it's going to try its best to form seed. You know what I mean? Yeah. But essentially, I says, you know, you know, I mean, I've compared it to being a Yahweh cabbage. You don't have free will, you know, then you're a Yahweh cabbage. Why bother? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Case, huh? Well, it doesn't make any reincarnation, sense at all. Most reincarnation beliefs, be it Mormons or Hindus, why they believe that if you do something bad, you know, you'll go backwards. If you do something good, you'll go forwards. And that's what the Hindus and the Buddhists believe. You know, the Buddhists believe in reincarnation too, but they believe if you live a good life, you can go ahead and just get done in one or two cycles. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Well, you might as well be a uh, no-hell believer too because, you know, well, you never get sent to hell. You're just going to keep going back and going back and going back until, oh, you get it right all of a sudden, right? Well, you get it right here. Let's see these... Uh, these Jains and these Southern Indians, you know, they believe the original was 84,000 cycles minimum. So, you know, I took a world religion class, and you had you had a you had a you had a Jain woman who believed in this 84,000. You had major bridge builders or something like that, which would help them to go ahead and go, you know cut a few cycles off that here. And the, the term for the caste system is that these areas were triple, you know, twice born or triple born or whatever here. You know, they, they had a leg up here. But, you know, I used to joke back 2002 is that the Mormons believe that if you were, if you're really bad in a previous life, you'd come back as Herman Cain, you know, a nigger. You know what I mean? And if you were better behaved, but not quite good enough here, you came back as Ann Romney here with a pussy here. But if you, you were know really, 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 really good, you come back as Mittens Romney here. You know what I mean? You know what's, what's funny about all these assholes? Hmm? They go into their little, uh, oh, they go get hypnotized or whatever to find out what their past lives are, right? And they're all like some big-time Hindu Shiva or their, uh, you know, Julius Caesar or something like that. Nobody's ever like a, a just a lowly, dirty nigger <laughs> in the middle of Africa, you know. They're always like well, the most famous five people in history. This, this, this Jade world. It's just it's vanity is what it is, you And know? I told her, 
I told her, I said, your religion seems sort of unfair. She says, what do you mean? I says, well, let's say you've gone through 83,990 reincarnations here. You know, you're well, he hasn't learned anything by life. then. Like, you're, you know, what, no, what no, is no, another no, one going to do you? This is why I told you, you're, you're eight, you know, 83,990, you're only 10 away from total enlightenment to where you're one with the universe, you're, your life force has been snuffed out, and you're free here. I said, okay, you, you've gone through 83,990, and you come back, you know, and you're born in, say, 1915, and you come back as, say, a Linstead or a Smith here. And, you know, what happens is that you are, you know, you know, during the Second World War, you are an SS major, and what you're doing is you're shooting Jews and pulling all the gold teeth and stealing the gold here. And then after the war, you open up the very first McDonald's in Auschwitz. Now, with all that sort of thing, with all that sort of ahimsa, which is the bad karma that you accumulate here, bad karma or ahimsa is the bad karma. With all that ahimsa that you, that's the name for bad karma, because essentially karma means fate, which means that you've been bad in, you know, if you've been bad in this life, you're going to come back, you're going to go ahead, you actually regress here. I said, with all this ahimsa karma that you've just accumulated as a result of being, you know, being an unrepentant, you know, Nazi here who stole money from Hitler and set up the very first. You know, you're 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 killing you're killing animals here. You know, to for, to feed people at McDonald's. I mean, you wouldn't you be sort of lucky here if you came back as a as a maggot six. You know, maggot six class here. I mean, since you've been busted down, you've been busted down to well, essentially about life. You know, life cycle five or so here. You see, when you look at doctrine like that, you just got to, you know, I treat it like, uh, like uh, when the Bible says, you know, if somebody makes a prophecy and it obviously doesn't come true, then that person's Don't not a prophet, you know, just forget about it, right? Well, I, yeah. I, I look at doctrine the same way. And you got to figure, okay, you're at 84,999, right? You only got one step to go. That guy should be the wisest fucker on the face of the earth, right? And yet there's nothing but idiots on this whole planet. There's there's few wise people in the whole world, you know. You had you had ten, you had nine left to go here. You come back as a super Nazi here who isn't too honest. And essentially, she said, "Are you making fun of me?" And I said, "Well, yeah, sort of, but that's that's the sort of logic of your doctrine." You know, oh, yeah, after she left you know, here. You know, the, the guy said, well, sometimes Winston's right here. I said, well, I didn't expect him to say that. And what happens is that, hey, if you have to go through 84,000, you know, reincarnations, you have to spend some time as a maggot here. You know what I mean? Just go through it. Yeah, you know? yeah. If you're a maggot, how the fuck would you know? How the fuck would you gather that? But most of the reincarnations says that you, you, you go ahead and you advance if you're good and you go ahead and regress if you're bad. You know, Dewey's the very first one who believes in reincarnation, who believes that, that, you know, I guess you advance regardless or you you get, you know, something. So, you know, the purpose of doctrine is essentially to act as a framework for religious belief. I find that most people don't have any real religious belief. You know what I mean? They just, they just probably not, yeah. they've been told. You know what I mean? 
But mm-hmm. you know, dual seed line, you know, that's what gets me is that I'm looking at you know, looking at Frank here and he has shit from two thousand ten. The Archangel Michael is Hitler. Oh? Or what? Hitler the Archangel Michael. Oh he, he he used to say that stupid shit here. And what what Fink does is that he doesn't really understand you know, Christian uh, Day, he understands it more here, just the same way as Meerkat Mark does. But essentially what he's done is I go ahead and look at, you know, even what? Three years ago, he used to make fun of Ted Wheeland and Dave Barley, with, you know, essentially the no-devil, the, the no-devil ones who believe there is no actual Satan, the devil. You know what I mean? Well, and now, well, and a, why are they writing about him in the scriptures like over and over? How many thousand times is he mentioned? And yet he doesn't oh, exist. He's mentioned, I mean, he's mentioned. He's mentioned in Genesis chapter three, and the last time he's bound is Revelation chapter twenty. So essentially, there's only four chapters in the entire Bible. You know, I mean, the very first two chapters and the very you know last two chapters of the Bible do not have Satan in them. I mean, essentially, yeah. he's in what ninety. He's in a period of time from Genesis chapter 3 until Revelation chapter 20 when he is bound forever. You know what I mean? Hey, so essentially, I ask you the question, entire Martin. time. Yeah. What do you think happens um, after the, uh, the Great Tribulation, the last day? You know, do we, do we as, a, as a civilization just keep, kind of keep going on as it was before? Except there's no, no Mamsers, there's no, no Jews, there's no 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 no. Uh, what what happens is that tomorrow? Well, actually tonight is the feast of Trump is the feast of trumpets, aka festival of trumpets. And way back in Leviticus chapter 23, you know, uh, Yahweh tells Moses to tell the children of Israel about the feast days. Where first feast day is your weekly Sabbath. Then you have Pentecost, Days of Unleavened Bread, and then, you know, or Passover, Days of Unleavened Bread, and you have Pentecost. Okay? Yep. Those, those, are, those are the spring. I mean, essentially, you know, Passover is about two weeks, two weeks into, you know, Passover is two weeks into the, uh, you know, essentially after the uh, spring equinox. So essentially it's, Oh, somehow they got it sometime in you know late March, but usually they have it. Oh, you know, usually around the first week or so of April or something like that. Here, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then you have after Passover, you count fifty days. You know, seven times seven, and then plus one. And what happens after Passover? You have Pentecost, which is you know, which is the uh, the harvest of first fruits here. Passover recollects both the Passover blood of leaving Egypt, Days of Unleavened Bread, you know, celebrates that, you know, they had to, you know, they had to, you know, bake their bread, didn't have time for it to be leavened when they left Egypt, but you're also leaving sin. And then Pentecost, you know, recollects essentially after Christ was crucified, the very first Pentecost was when. Essentially, the church was brought to those who did believe. Okay, so then you have the entire yeah. summer, and then you have sometimes like two years ago, you have as early as September fifth, which is very early, you know. But now it's what September fourteenth is the you know feast of trumpets, and essentially what the feast of trumpets means is the period 
of the Great Tribulation of three and a half years of bad shit followed by three and a half years of even worse shit. So seven years of bad shit to where pretty well 90% of the world's population dies, you know, in this apocalypse. You know, and you have the seven seals with seven trumps here. So essentially the very first four of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Okay, yep. so you have the Great Tribulation here, seven years followed by at the you know, to Revelation chapter you know, Revelations chapter four, two through to nineteen, and then the very first beginning, Revelation chapter twenty is the Day of Atonement, you know, which the Jews call Yom Kippur. And essentially that is the end of the Great Tribulation, Christ returning, as in Revelation chapter nineteen and Revelation chapter fourteen. And Satan being put away for a thousand years. Now, you know, during the during the days of you know the uh, Israelites wandering through the desert, they would have two goats. One would be sacrificed for Israel. The other would represent Satan. And the sins of Israel would be put on that goat's head. He would be led out into the wilderness. Okay? Yeah. All right. So. You have the, you know, the, the, you know, the day of atonement is essentially then Satan is bound by the archangel Michael for a thousand years. That thousand years represents the feast of, you know, feast of tabernacles, and then, then Satan is turned loose for a short time, and essentially all the nations of the world, most of them, you know, encompass the quote camp of the saints. And then, you know, Revelation, you know, at the tail end of Revelation chapter 20, you have, you have the nations divided. You have the nations divided. Of course, they were divided upon Christ's coming here, because Christ said he would divide the nations between the sheep sure, and yeah. the goats. Okay, so essentially the eighth day, after the seven days of the Feast of Tabernacles, is the great white throne judgment. And then you have a new heaven and a new earth, and essentially everything is right with the world, and you have Revelation chapter 21 and 22, which say after what happens here. So, now, so basically you're saying that everything basically just goes on as it always was for another thousand years, essentially, right? Well, In other words, it's, is, like, it's like not like the, the, you know, the, the dead who died and who get resurrected with Jesus come and live with us or anything like that with anybody who's left over. It's just this 10% of people who are the small handful of people who survive – they go on for another grand, basically. The, the ones who survive here, the ones who survive, the saints who are killed, essentially they are resurrected in the first resurrection. That's another thing I've, I've, I've asked Dewey here. It says, hey, Dewey, there ain't multiple resurrections mentioned here. There's a first resurrection for those who are the saints, those who died in the Great Tribulation, those who are still left who are of Yahweh. And essentially, that's the first resurrection here. Then you have the second resurrection, which is, you know, for all the dead who essentially are going to be judged here. Everybody so to be there, judged, there, yeah. there is There is questions. There is questions that I have. You know, I've looked at Zephaniah and the rest. They're saying that if Egypt does not keep the Feast of Tabernacles, there will be drought upon Egypt. Well, guess what? This is in the future here, after the Great Tribulation. I mean, essentially, are you going to insist that a bunch of niggers obey, I mean, essentially obey the Feast of Tabernacles? So are these creatures going to be judged or not here? And the answer is, is that I don't really, I don't really know here. See, that's, that's a problem with someone who, like Dewey, 
simplifies stuff to where, especially with the simplification, you either, you know, agree yes or no to this. If, you know, you're always in charge of all things and you're resurrected again and again and again and again. Then, hey, what do, you need, what do you need law for? What do you need a covenant for? What do you need Christ for? You know, Christ was yeah. you know, going his own little cycle here. And essentially about two months ago, I went ahead and asked him because it seemed to me that he was translating the Bible, you know, in what, you know, what, First John chapter 3 to suit his beliefs here. And I, you know, I mean, you know, I got to where I don't call because essentially, you know, those who want to listen to Dewey and believe what Dewey says here, why should I mess things up for, you know, for them here? They, they find something they like here. Why should I, you know, I respect Dewey. Now, Fink, oh, I'd fuck with Fink in a heartbeat. Eli James, I'd fuck with Eli James. I'd fuck with Wickstrom, the pincer possum here. You know, because I don't have a bit of respect for those lying mongrels and bastards that's on top by tars here. But with Dewey, I have a good deal of respect for him. But on the other hand, I don't agree with what he has to say, so why should I call his show and mess it yeah. up? You know what I mean? You know, why, why, yeah. you know if, Dewey's, if Dewey's right, you know, and I've said this, Dewey, if you're right... You know, I mean, if I'm just a, you know, I'm just a character who's going through a number of resurrections, and, you know, even he has admitted is that he believes that Christ was Adam, he believes that Christ was Isaac, he believes that Christ was, you know, Isaac, maybe Moses, you know, maybe Elijah, you know, David, yeah. no, no, John the Baptist was Elijah. I mean, oh, okay, yeah. If you believe, if you believe, if you believe that, Essentially, all these all these characters went through multiple resurrections. They didn't even know who the hell they were. You know what I mean? You know, did Adam yeah. know he was going to be Christ? No. Did uh, did Isaac know he was going to be Christ? No. Did you know? Did Moses know? Moses, all people know he was going to be Christ. Well, probably not. Did David know he was going to become Christ? Well, maybe he you did know, because you know. It's almost like you're taking away Christ's divinity when you start saying stuff like that, though, you know, well, because you're, you're, you're saying like he was that, just some average jerk-off off the street, you know, who, who was kind of a decent guy, and you know, but he really wasn't anything special, and then he gets reincarnated as this guy, and then, you know, he still wasn't anything special, and then he finally gets reincarnated as uh, as the Messiah, and then, oh, wait, you know, he kind of still isn't really anything special, you know? What is yeah. the purpose of having a Messiah? If you don't have any free will, what do you need a Messiah for? What do you need law for? What do you What do you even need a Messiah for? Yeah. Because I mean, if you don't have free will, then you can't even have salvation, really, because you can't choose you can't, it. You can't choose it here. Yeah, you can't choose. You know, always say whether well, I I want to repent or I don't. You know, so, so what's the point? I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I, I will agree. I will agree that essentially beasts of the field, niggers, do not have free will. They're just animals. Therefore, they don't really have any free will. They just, you know, they may impersonate a human being or whatever, or they may have feelings or whatever. They may be, they may be smarter than rats. In the case of niggers, they may be dumber than you know the chimpanzees. I don't know. Here, it doesn't really matter here. You know, Jews. I have seen some Jews here who have better morals than most Wiggers do, you know. But then again, yeah. I mean, you, you don't trust them here, and you know, do they really have free will? And the answer is, if they are born evil, dual seed line Christian day says no, they don't. They don't have free will either. They are just simply a creature that is used. They, you know, they may have more intelligence than a six-day beast of the field, 
but they don't have any free will. Only, only Yahweh's children have free will. And I agree with Dewey is that we have, you know, those of us who are really pure blood, pure blood, we have, we have within ourselves a spark of the divine, which acts like a sort of black box recorder to where we can be judged because we are in the law, we under, you know, are underneath the covenant here. And that, that goes ahead and brings in a big fight between the, you know, between the anti-Paulians and the Paulians here. And essentially, essentially I've decided that I do believe that Paul was an apostle of Christ here because apostle just simply means that more sin. I had this argument with this idiot yeah. Robbie Walker. I uh, mean, he was, he was, know, it, he was essentially called personally by him. You know there were 21 apostles. There were the original... The original twelve here, including Judas the apostle. <laughs> yep. He was said, you know, he was very godly, but he was an apostle. You know, Judas the apostle, then you say Messiah and some other guy, and then uh <clears throat> then you go ahead having first Corinthians two characters whose names not even mentioned, and they're called apostles, which means he was sent. And then Stephen was Paul. one. Huh? Stephen was one. Who was of okay. course stoned by Paul. Yeah, well, see, the answer is is that my answer is that just simply ask a question here. Are you a Gentile or are you an Israelite? And essentially, most of, most of the CIO, most of the, most of the you know, people who are you know, claiming whatever says, well, I'm an Israelite. Well, I say, good. Then Paul isn't your apostle. He was sent to the Gentiles. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the easiest way to do it. But no, I, you know, yeah, essentially. Me, I guess you look at it that people, way, yeah. You know, me and a lot, me and a lot of the people been in it here. We are very suspicious, Paul, because here you have someone like Eli James and Bale Fink, who essentially used Paul to wiggle themselves in with also some Mongols or something like that. You know, Brian Rio, uh, Savan Packy Shanks. I mean, obvious Packy Mongol. This T Dog '88 here. I look at that here. This this screwed up little schizoid Jew boy. James Lawrence or Bruce Howard or whatever. I mean, they get in, you know, they get in under guise of Paul. So as a result yeah. here, a lot, a lot of, I mean, essentially, you know, the other thing is that I'm a Christian. I'm not a Paulian. You know what I mean? And just, yeah. you know, yeah. leave it that. Well, I, I do believe that Paul, I do believe that Paul belongs in the Bible. I do believe that, you know, Paul Paul, in many cases, merely recorded the Bible, and what you got to understand is it's not it's not keeping the law which is going to save you. What's going to save you is the fact that you are of Yahweh, and therefore, yeah. if you choose right, you will be saved. You will be saved by that you know by that means here. But I'm, I'm listening to think here. You know, think doesn't, you know, I mean, you know, you, you hear stupid shit like Hitler was the Archangel Michael. No, he's not. And then I hear this crap about papist preterism. Eli James claimed that, guess what? The, uh, you know, during the, you know, Charlemagne, he got crowned Holy Roman Emperor. So essentially the Holy Roman Empire, which lasted from about 800 
1804 when Napoleon, you know, went ahead and, you know, uh, let the Jews have, quote, civil rights or equal rights or whatever. That, that's a thousand years, so therefore it was a, in the terms of the Holy Roman Empire. It was neither holy, nor Roman, nor an empire, like Voltaire said, and it lasted about a thousand years. In any case, what they are is that they are, quote, papist preterists here. I mean, essentially, they're Maranol Jews here. Eli James, he, I believe, is Chicago. You know, he's a Chicago Jew. He preaches that sort of thing. And both Fink and Eli James preach now, really, you know, not so much Eli James, but Bill Fink clean, you know, preaches no devil. There is no Satan the devil. Satan the devil is actually a Jew. Now he's going with the protocol of Satan. Really? No, the protocol <laughs> of the Jews here. So, you know, here, here, here you are, Fink. You were preaching, and I was wondering, you know, this is preterism. This is preterism. He, think, he preterism. thinks that the Jewish race is the devil, then. That's He's what he thinks? He's that the Jewish race is the devil. I mean, essentially... Well, you I see, that's... First, that's the see, same thing as dare, the Jews. He didn't dare... He didn't dare... See, he's preaching the same shit that this... That this Jew Melunch Sheldon Emery was preaching, you know, along with this Gerda Koch kikes from northwest Arkansas. He's preaching, essentially, he's preaching no devil. You know, I've never seen a Jew yet who wanted to admit that he is essentially damned because he is of the small faith. He's of the yeah. good faith. He can't do anything. So essentially, Eli James, James is far more clever. Preterism leads to no devil. The reason preterism leads to no devil is that you are claiming that Satan got put into the pit because the Roman, you know, preterism didn't exist until 1615, when these Marino concealed Jews called Jesuits, I call them Jesuits, decided to claim that the northern countries, the northern countries which had left Rome, the Protestant countries, the Israelite Nordic countries, which had left Rome, and that included, that included the, uh, what, included the uh, Czechs, you know, with Jan Huff here, he was a little before Luther, you know, you had a reformation which was stirring here. But yeah. Martin Luther, he, he he nailed the theses to the uh, to the Wurttemberg door against indulgence and all this Catholic horseshit. After you read yep. this Jew called Barbara Tuchman, there was a period of at least eighty years before you know, Martin Luther got into it to where they were begging, "Please, will you reform? We're tired." I mean, essentially, it's just like it's on Babylon today. Here's Trump. I'm going to reform immigration. I'm going to reform this. I'm going to inform, you know, reform that. And essentially, you know, you would have, you would have all these priests. And they said the low water mark was Alexander the Sixth, you know, of the Borgias, who simply bought. You know, he was the treasurer. He went ahead and bought after the new pope died. He was what? He was pope, but he was a crooked bastard here. And then you had Julius II, who hated his guts, but who had all these wars and had Michelangelo paint the Sistine Chapel. So here was all yeah. this money and the rest, and people were begging for 80 years, please reform, please reform, please reform. And the ones who took There ain't no reforming the devil. That's basically well, what you're talking about, reforming the Catholic Church. It's, you might as well, well you know, why, be asking to reform Lucifer, which can't be well, done, that's why, you know? That's what I tell... That's why I tell this goofy bitch, you know, this goofy hybrid nigger Pollock bitch, Michelle Harris, a.k.a. Sloth the Femina, I tell her, it's a chick. You are talking about reforming the bell cult assembly. You're talking about the mother goddess, which was 
essentially before Nimrod and Semiramis, to where they were yeah. gelding their priests here after they had a big old orgy, a big old drunken orgy for Dionysus, they were cornholing each other. I mean, they got all drunk and doped up, and they would cut off their dick and testicles, and they would throw it, they would throw it into somebody's yard, and if they survived, that person who's, you know, I mean, here he, here he is, oh, what a present here. I have to take care of this bastard here and feed him and water him and take care of him here until he can go ahead and do that. And this that came to Rome around the time that Julius Caesar was born, around 100 you know, B.C. or so. It came yeah. to Rome around the time of Julius Caesar. And essentially, the Roman Catholic Church is nothing more than the Bell Cult Assembly. And I, I, essentially, I, I, I yeah. tell people, how, how, are you, how are you going to reform a bunch of pederasts, essentially, who are on the spot of Satan? How can you reform the Roman Catholic Church? I tried to tell Optima, the very first pope was not Simon Peter, it was Simon Magus. And you're fake. You don't even know who the fuck Simon Magus was. Well, if you were raised in the worldwide Church of God, you knew damn well who Simon Magus was. You know, because you didn't much care for the Roman Catholic Church. But anyway, yeah. what, what's Simon the Sorcerer. Like, I know who he was, and I wasn't even raised in it. Okay. Hey, anyway, Martin, I got I got just one point I got to make here. Sure. Talking about that the uh, the Jews are the devil. You know, that's a flipping of the Talmudic claim that the uh, Jews are the Messiah. Essentially, like a 180 flip, right? Well, it's which is kind of telling, thing. you know. That's you, you got every one time. Every one, time you, know, the, you hear one fake Jew hey. saying that, oh, you know, our whole race is the Messiah, and you got another fake Jew saying that the, oh, well, we're just going to tell you for the moment that the Jewish race is the devil. You know, it just shows the same okay. sort of mentality. You know. Okay. Well, anyway, the preterists. So let me go ahead and go back to preterism here. Essentially, it was yeah. developed in 1615 in an effort to, claim, to try to tell these northern European, you know, England, Scotland, Scandinavia, northern Germany, parts of France, guess what? You're rebuilding against God's kingdom on earth. It didn't exist before 1615. Later on, they, you know, the lie didn't work, so then they had the Thirty Years' War in Germany here. But essentially, if you are a preterist here, you know, by definition here, Later on, you're going to become a no-devil, because essentially, uh, if Satan got turned loose in, what, 1517 with Martin Luther or 1800 with Napoleon, essentially says a short time. You're saying that the millennium has not come yet, and you're saying that the Great Tribulation hasn't come yet. That is totally contrary to both Protestantism and dual seed line. You know, or, or Christian identity is totally. You know, every Christian identity, real Christian identity, is a premillennialist. You are talking about a great tribulation, seven years, followed by, followed by a, you know, followed by a uh, millennium of a thousand years, and that is yeah. the future, not the past. So essentially, you know, Eli James, he's far more clever, but he's saying the same thing. And I think you say 500 to 1,500. Now he's agreeing with Eli James, 800 to 1,800. Essentially, poor, poor Satan, you know, he must have died in the pit. Well, no, he didn't die in the pit. Now he's saying that Satan is the Jew. So now think is saying that the Jews essentially spawned Cain by himself. I mean, essentially, you know, think has to go ahead and do backflips here. And what, what think and Eli James have essentially is your mongrel, you know, essentially, mongrel. Usually, a mongrel here will last about oh, about 
a year or something like that. Sort of like you know, sort of like Rebecca Mesh. I went ahead and found I went ahead and looked up Rebecca Mesh and found out she had an even darker daughter and essentially and she was a Mongol herself here. So essentially she she hung around and Eli Jen was talking about freedom of crumbs and essentially she hung around and then after about oh about a year and a half later I freaked her out. I freaked her out big time by showing pictures of her and her daughter. Her kissing the fish, her daughter. Actually, be a you know nice looking little, very dark, very dark engine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, you, you'll have you'll have with these male priests and these Jews, you'll have a collection of Mongols. You will not have anybody who is actually white who has been in Christian identity following them. But any case, any case, that is you know that is. You know that is true Christian identity, and then you have some some tard like Billy Roper. Well, my girlfriend or my wife is Christian identity. Oh, by the way, you know I'm going to go ahead and listen to this whore April Gady. I'm going to go ahead and you know go ahead and unfacebook friend you. Well, that isn't you know that isn't how anybody's Christian identity do. I mean, women do not tell men what to do. You know, I don't care if you're Wesley Swift's wife. I don't care if you're Bertrand Comperay's wife. Wesley Swift's wife and Bertrand Comperay wouldn't even think of telling some man, you know, including their husband, what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, well, that goes back yeah, to the original we're, 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 mistake we're, with, uh, with Eve yeah. telling Adam to eat the apple, you know? Hey, you lost your right to tell anybody uh, what well, to yeah, do when you did that, you know? That's the, entire, that's the entire thing. And you'll have critters like Maggie Bell Bitch Butt. She's with Clint Downey. Clint Downey tells Meerkat Mark what to do. Meerkat Mark is a is a Wigger KKK FBI type here who essentially married the you know the Jewish sexual mascot of the White State Clan here and you know now he preaches no devil too here. And then you have these creatures who are sitting outside. And this is what most of these CI things is. It's just simply no devil. Dave Barley, uh he married you know, he married uh, Sheldon Emery's you know, daughter and you know his spawn looked like beaners here because well Sheldon Emery was a you know was a dark you know, you know, Indian Jew melungeon here, and essentially that is, you know, that is what you know, the, these critters are very, very dark here. And Dave Marley says, well, she's really a Lamanite. So you end up having like John Britton and Dave Marley. They try to justify the race mixing by saying, oh, they're they're Lamanites. Okay, well then you're a Lamanite polygamist. Fuck off. But in case, you know, the second thing, what what are you saying is that for your last thing? Anytime you hear someone say that dual seed line, Chris Sandini, comes from the Talmud, you are talking to a Jew, be it R.J., you know, be it Richard J. Nemoa, be it, you know, Bill White, he pulled that shit, too, and then he ran off here. You know, Bill White pulled that shit. That's why I think Bill White's probably a Jew. Uh, you know, this R.D. Bradshaw, he said the same thing. you got to understand is that the original Old Testament and what you what you see was translated around 250 B.C. in the Septuagint from Proto-Hebrew into Greek. And essentially the Talmud didn't start coming about until the Maccabeans defeated these Edomites, you know, these Edomites and made them convert to it. So then they came up with their little traditions of men, their oral tradition then, which was around with Christ here. The very first time that these oral pre-Mishnah Talmud was written was what AD seventy two or so. You know when the Edomite, you know Jew was allowed by the Romans to essentially set up a school. Why did the Romans allow them? Because they knew that the Edomite was an enemy 
of the white Judeans who had rebelled against Rome and which they'd gone ahead and destroyed the temple. Essentially, the Talmud dates from, you know, the written Talmud dates from, you know, the unwritten Talmud dates from about 160 or so B.C., which is 100 years after the Septuagint, to written 72 until about 1200 or so A.D., same way as the Masoretic text here. I mean, essentially, you know, dual seed line Christian identity. You have Christ telling, you know, these Jews in John 8:44, "You are your, you know, father, you know, the devil," because they're Edomites. So essentially, the Talmud, the you know, dual seed line Christian identity, does not come from the Talmud. The Talmud is after, after, well after the Old Testament, and you know, well, most of it, well after, well after the New Testament, certainly the Gospels, and, you know, certainly the, uh, you know, certainly, uh, what, John of Patmos and what, A.D., you know, A.D. 69 or so. I mean, essentially, if the Talmud was first written down in A.D. 72, the Talmud is younger than, you know, than even the New Testament. You, you see what I'm getting at? So whenever you have someone claiming that, you know, dual seed line is related from Talmud, you are talking to a Jew. The way to find it is, okay, you Talmudist ruler, where in the Talmud does it say you dirty Jews are, you know, are, are <laughs> where does it say you dirty Jews are descended from Cain? Well, it does sort of hint that they're descended from Lucifer, but it doesn't really go into big detail. But anytime you have someone, you know, R.D. Bradshaw, Richard J. Nimua, Bill White, any of them who say that the Talmud is, you know, Christian identity is derived from the Talmud, you're talking to a Jew. Okay? I think he headed out here. Alrighty, here, my family here. Oh, okay. Well, we have, uh, we have, uh, we have uh, the Aussie pedo poofer puke here. Uh, he's going ahead talking about uh, that here. Yeah, well, uh, we have the Aussie pedopilter here. It looked like Derek uh, Kai here. All righty here. Ladies and gentlemen, Oh, okay. All right. Uh, by the way, by the way, I think uh, I think pedopilter uh, pedopilter here. I bet I bet he's going ahead and. Virtually cornholing Brian Rio. Vexatious litigant. We talk about Brian Rio. <laughs> oh, good lord! Here looks like looks like the uh, looks like the pedal poopers here have a uh, large, 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 large history here. Let's see here. What the heck? What are we yapping about? Oh, you got a, you got these Jews talking about Eric Rudolph and the rest of them here on MSNBC. Okay, well, folks, I'm gonna go ahead and take a break. If uh, the the Aussie pedal poofter looks to puke wants to call in, he can. Okay, I'm not really scared of pedal poofters. All right. Oh, they're going against Eric Rudolph here. All right, folks, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. It's a pedal poofter. Yeah, I don't really care. Uh, I don't really care uh, what the pedal poofter has to say. If he wants to call any cat, 
Airlight, you know, airlight to you know to go ahead and end what uh, Condre, you know, Condrenu said. Uh, the fact the fact is is that uh, the fact is is that anybody who like R. D. Bradshaw claims. You go on the internet, right? Because sometimes you dumb dumb. Sword man's a sensor theater, not all day. You can't in faggot ways. Sword Manser. Because after you, Sword Manser. You killed your ass through. Sword Manser. The monster's after you. Sword Manser. And the tranny to you, sir. Well, your Nazis are really crazy clowns. When will they learn they can't blow maps of faggots down? Sword that sensors the internet all day. Even bubbles can't change faggot ways. Sword Manser. That's what stands after you. The Sword Manser Show! Use your ass through. Sword Manser, that's what after you. Sword Manser, he throws your ass through. Sword Manser, and them busters after you. Sword Manser, they're trying to eat your ass through. Do do do.
Mother Dickie Bears, just to see what I can find. I find a bunch of goodies for 2005. Miss a little item from the girl days. It's my because I had news all day. Okay. I want to be a sword dancer in the SF. want to be a sword tiger in the SF. want to be a sword dancer in the SF. Sword dancer, sword tiger in the SF. Jay Parade, Dickie Road with Pride. Sucking off niggers in the Delta countryside. Every red nigger bastard who wanted to pay. We would suck them off day after day. Wanna be a sword member in the SF? Wanna be a sword tiger in the SF? Wanna be a sword member in the SF? Sword member, sword tiger in the SF! Today I grin when I see his bill with my synchronizing chest. No chili drips. Gleam in my call me by real watch a little bit wise. I'll be a sword dancer in the SF. I'll be a sword dragon in the SF. I'll be a sword dancer in the SF. Sword dancer, sword dragon in the SF. Wanna be a sword dancer in the SF. Wanna be a sword dragon in the SF. Wanna be a sword dancer in the SF. Sword dancer, sword dragon in the SF. Okay, we are back. I went ahead and said chat. Uh, to answer Condre News' question, the answer is, is just sort of like with the militia movement, which is now the prepper movement here. Generally, no one really knows who is, you know, really the true Christian identity believers here. Now, I, as far as I know of, I'm the only one who preaches Orthodox Comparean, you'll see my Christian Denny. Uh, these Zogbot Tars, you know, Wick the Dick and uh, Mo Gullet, all they do is they, you know, they just go ahead and preach a bunch of, you know, screaming about Jews here, when essentially they're run by the Jews here. Now, you know, this Papist Preterism horseshit, this Talmudic horseshit, you know, it's it's been injected by Wick the Dick injecting this cut nut. Ashkenazi Melungeon, you know, want to be serial polygamist. He's not even a successful serial polygamist. You know, I mean, here he cut it, you know, had his nuts cut. I mean, what is the purpose of that? He'd run around with other women, they'd allow him, and he wouldn't keep track of the first one. So his sister Sherry was bitching about, uh, you know, CI being a cult or something like that here. So anyway, you know, in the case of uh, Steve Elder, a.k.a. Commandor Mathag, you know, this, this goomer only has a stick wife who's the only one who's working for the state government of Washington as a social worker or something here. You know, he's not even a, you know, successful polygamist here. So usually the ones who talk about polygamy are the ones who have, nut, you know, cut nuts or they don't even have any mongrel wars, you know, more than one. So who cares? You know, that's what, you know, that's what's going here. The second point I want to make is that nobody really knows how many real Christian identity people there are. Real Christian identity is a matter, really, in the United States, particularly around the Ozarks, particularly around, you know, North Carolina and the rest here, you know, in other places here. It is simply one and two and maybe three family congregations who, who mainly you know, are either Herbert Armstrong remnants, which are one of the bigger ones, which may be multifamily, 
you know, might be Garner, Ted Armstrong, you know, Ice here, might be a whole bunch of these other here, be it Ukoi or whatever here, Philadelphia Church of God here, which uh, essentially is a cult led in Norman, Oklahoma, by this star named Gerald Flurry or David Pack here. I would say 90% of it is Worldwide Church of God remnants here. That is the British Israelite type here. And then the dual feed line, Christian and Dan P, is a rather smaller bunch here. But it's always been rather small and really not something you're able to find out. And it's not something I ask about at all here. All right, hopefully I've answered your question. Okay? Well, is also puke left the chat, or is this, you know, I mean, the faggot just simply is... You know, I mean, essentially in Vietnam here. I'm going to go ahead and wait about 30 seconds. I'm going to go ahead and take the uh, call from Unknown. I think it's, uh, you know, Luke the Puke, you know, Luke the Aussie Pedal Poker Puke here. And I'll go ahead and take his call in about 30 seconds. Have I answered your question? All right. I will. Stop bitching. But, you know, Essentially, you know, Condreo, uh, there always is a remnant. There always is a remnant for Christ to come back upon the end of the Great Tribulation. There is a remnant all the time. There's always been a remnant. But these Mongols coming in, they're not the remnant. They're just simply Mongols. Luke to puke, I'm going to go ahead and unmute you in about another minute or so. Uh, hopefully by then you will have something intelligent to say. Well, not you, but anyway. I'll go ahead and unmute him. Yes, it's a fag. Aussie puke here. He's yapping about why I don't print. Why don't Why don't I go ahead and print a whole bunch of the legal paperwork, which essentially Zog did, and I, I printed up the arrest warrant. I printed up the fact that, you know, there was no actual bond earned $100,000 cash bond set here. I, po I posted up here, and old Luke and Puke is obviously aware of it here. You know, the, the question is, well, why won't I print up more? Well, folks, I print up far more than Kevin Alfred Strom has, you know, you know, has posted for his guilty plea. You know, the answer, the answer is, is that, hey, you can believe whatever the hell you want as I look at it here. Uh, you know, hey, I have a perfect right to go ahead and geld the spawn of regime criminals, you know, simply because, hey, you know, they started and I get to fix it here. They get to be judged as they did judge others here. I'm saying that I'm not guilty of it, but, you know, hey, I mean, look the puke here. He's the one who wants to go ahead and make allegations, none of which he can prove here. That's what gets me here. You know, you, you, I go ahead and I leave up 
what the pisser possum wrote about me being arrested for the third time for statutory sodomy. The reason I let it up is I go ahead and then see old Fink or Brian Rio or Andre the Nigger or, you know, Luke the Puke, the, you know, the Aussie Pepter Pepter Pedal. You go ahead and you leave it up, and they, they go ahead and they make an accusation. That means that you can say whatever the hell you want to about them. No big deal. Let's see if this goofy bastard would, or, or the crocodile hunter, uh, I think Steve Irwin was just simply a tard who got killed by a stingray. You know what I mean? It was I'm going to go ahead and give him a fourth chance, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't straighten up quite right, then that's going to be the end of it here. He can, you know, Luke the Puke can log in. You know, the, you know, Luke the Aussie Pedo Poopter Puke can log in, and he can call in if he wants to here. But essentially, I'm going to give one last chance, one last chance, because it's hard to say anything. If he's not going to say anything, I'm just going to go ahead and call it at night. Luke, the Aussie pedo puke here. Do you have anything intelligent to say? Well, do you have anything normal to say for you? I mean, you know, here's a, here's a, <laughs> here's this obvious hybrid nigger, mongrel, pedo poofter, <laughs> pedo poofter going after Malcolm. You know, another, another pedo possible poofter, Andre the nigger angling here. And they're running around, and the critter was yapping shit that Brian Real did about vexatious litigants. Uh, right now, I'm looking at 25 cases of which, let me see, of uh, which 21 has been closed. <laughs> of which 21 has been closed, but one of them is actually going to maybe go to trial on the 1st of January. You know, in Lake County, in Lake County, Ohio here. Uh, you know, keep it up, I know, uh, you know, Aussie pedal poofter puke, because what I can do, what I can do is that I can go ahead and name you, you know, as a, uh, essentially as a litigant to this here, even though you're in Australia, but I can probably go ahead and I can go ahead and use that to bring Andre the nigger into the lawsuit here. You know, I bet Andre the nigger would just love you, you know, for that. Or maybe go ahead and just simply flush you down like a piece of shit you are. Anyway, like Gary, I mean, good Lord, it sounds like Luke the Puke here. I mean, it sounds like he's been going after the mouth with Brian Rio. I mean, just because you claim something doesn't mean it's true. Anyway, I'm going to give Unknown, I'm going to give Unknown a, his last chance here. You know, to say something here. And look to puke. If you want to call in, you can do so. All right? He serves Satan, you know, because he is a man bitch He serves Satan, you know. Because it's a man, bitch, oh. Anyway, let's, let's see. Let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and look up. Uh, oh, heck, I had something against old nigger lips here. You know, he's called me a vexatious litigant. 
<laughs> oh, hell. Let's see. Let's see. Now, if you want to go ahead and yap shit about vexatious litigants here. The old nigger lips, you know, the blind real nigger lips. Uh, you hear. Do, 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 look at me, I'm a poggy, horny as a stag can be. I'll gobble your cock, your and rock. Show now, I'm a poggy. Yeah, let me see the brand real. I mean, the cocksucker sounds like he's been sucking, you know, Brian Reel's dick, you know, little Mongol cock and licking Brian Reel's, you know, Mongol butthole. But probably he's just another Mongol Jew, too, here. Let's see. You know, vexatious litigant here. You mean like Brian Reel? <laughs> you, know, you know, folks, I mean, look here. I, I'm all for keeping a faggot like you. You know, well, in Vietnam here, where you can go ahead and, you know, know, what do you want? Retail mock. Anything you want. It's a hardy. It's a hardy. Let's see here. It's Darth. It's Darth. You know, it has a a little uh, thing. It's sort of like Darth Petto poofed possum. You know, Darth (laughs) Petto. Let's see. Where am I at here? I have Manzer's Law Library. Okay, Brian Reel's latest bogus DMCA complaint here. Okay. Let's see, where is this one here? I haven't really put anything because I want old nigger lips to be flying, you know, flying. Uh, Essentially dumb here. Now, well, even faggot doesn't want to call in because he's scared. Yeah, I mean, shoot here. You know, you just have a bunch of these, you know, chomos who like cone-titted, you know, you know, cone-titted, you know, Ethiopian nigglets and uh, essentially these little, you know, these underage gookuses here. Let's just put you off the map here. Where's that? Where is that thing there? 326 here. Go ahead and show. Essentially, show here. You know, here's the docket sheet for those who want to go ahead and look at it here. As of April 26th or 27th here. Let me see a copy link address here. I need to put up a more, you know, more lately one here. No home games for you? Only away games here? I I have no idea. I'll deal with you next week. Oh, I doubt it here. Look, the puke. Get off the niglet pug, niglet gook, faggot, puss, fan pussy. Look, the gook. Get
the babysitter. <laughs> you going to deal with me? Yes, yes. He's going to go ahead and go to Bakersfield. Do 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 do. Oh, good lord! Every single time you catch you, all this good thing is when you catch him. Aussie, pedo, poofter, uh, yapping shit here. Why, hey, you get to laugh at them here. So anyway, is she a man or a woman? Well, I don't know here. Uh, you know, you you go ahead and try to mount her. She'll finish making you a steer here. She won't even leave. She won't even leave you that one half inch stump you got here. <laughs> Oh man, shoot! I mean, you know, maybe maybe that's why maybe that's why the Aussie pedo pupper here likes that underage dude pussy here. I mean, shit! When you only got a one half inch stump here, that's about the only thing you can penetrate. <laughs> hell, hell! You would you would even you would even you would even make it you wouldn't even make it past the wrinkle. You Aussie pedo pupper, Roxy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it probably is. It's the same one here. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I yeah. You know, this yeah. You know, this Aussie pedal poster. Uh, you know, it, it's just fucked up here. But just to yap about vexatious litigant, you gotta be shitting me. I really. I guess I really ought to post some more shit. But Brian Rail's looking at it here. He's he's sort of freaking out here because. Because I've uh, essentially talked about getting a counter judgment of ten point seven five, you know, ten million seven fifty thousand dollars from his daddy and from old nigger lips here. You know what I mean? Because you know, but I, I, I said, look, folks, look, judge, you know, my church will go ahead and put up four hundred dollars, and essentially let's just go ahead and continue with this lawsuit. But essentially, instead of being the defendant. And the you know the count you know, and being the plaintiff and the counter defendant and his co-conspirators being counter defendants, just simply, just simply, I pay four hundred dollars. Brian Real has to pay the four hundred dollars filing fee, you know, for wasting the court's time and the six hundred dollars. He has to pay what thousand dollars or something. And what happens is it just occurred to me, it's occurred to me is that I can probably send this affidavit. I'm going to try to send Brian Reel's daddy and Bill Fink and Eli or James to prison. Because essentially, oh, hell, let me see here. Let me see. Where did I find that here? I ain't going to dick with it. Okay. Post your picture here. You know, well, it's, it's, it's a mongrel here. You know, it's, it's an idiot mongrel here. Luke the Luke, the uh, Aussie pedal poofter gookus fucker here. You know what I mean? So anyway, you know, Luke the puke. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and get maybe give about another minute here. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe you spend all this Aussie Zogbot dollars here, uh, you know, on its its latest catamite here in Vietnam. You know, or maybe you know, maybe uh, you know, maybe you have to go ahead and make sure to buy some penicillin to go ahead and keep this inch and a half here, you know, inch and a half little uh, pecker here from falling off. You know, I mean, there used to be a story here when I was in the army 
about uh, how, you know, how if you were humping these Koreans, some of these Korean whores here, you know, the yobos, they give you, or especially in the Philippines, they would give you black clap here to where your dick would turn black and fall off here. And then you would never be allowed in the United States, so you'd have to be lifer because you wouldn't have any other job here. You know, so you'd be lifer. You'd be a lifer forever here because you got black clap here. You know, you got black clap and your dick fell off. Probably, probably that's what happened to old, uh, that's probably what happened for old, you know, <laughs> the old, old Luke the Aussie pedal booster joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for old Luke, Luke the puke here, you know, puke McKee. You know, what happens? He went over there here and, you know, he was so mad pussy here and he got a bad case of, you know, black clap here. And essentially his asshole run out and his, you know, his dick and nuts here fell off here except for about an inch and a half stub here. So now he has to find for the cure and he can always find it here. Yeah. <laughs> In Vietnamese. You know, boy pussy here, mad pussy, whatever. <laughs> Poor Luke the Gook. He's going, he's channeling, he's channeling old nigger lips, you know, uh, Brian Rio yapping about vexatious litigant here. I remember, you know, here, here he is, you know, here he is. Old Brian Rio, when he was talking, he was calling me, you ought to go here. I want a restraining order against list. I said, why? You're the one, you're the one suing me. You're the one suing me. You know, I don't want to talk to you. You're the one who called me up here. In fact, I've never called you in my life. Well, you're a vexatious litigant. I said, shoot, at this time, we only had 18. You only had 18 of these bogus lawsuits in Lake County, Ohio. I said, you're the one with 18 bogus lawsuits. Well, yeah, you sued Obama. Claiming he wasn't an American citizen. I said, well, yeah. Uh, 56% of Republicans believe that uh, he's not an American citizen. But, you know, be that as may, this is a lawsuit which was, uh, which I paid for, which I and my church paid for, which was, oh, what? Let's see, 2008, let's see, this was 2014, that was six years ago. Now, in the meantime, you've got, what, 18 lawsuits in Lake County, Ohio? And essentially, you, you terrorized my former Internet service provider by threatening to be, you know, him to be lawsuit number 14. I mean, if anybody's a vexatious litigant, you are, Brian Rio. Well, essentially, he went ahead and he was begging the judge. You know, he claimed when he filed this thing and said he wouldn't ask for a lawyer. He was begging the judge for a lawyer. He was begging the judge for a restraining order against me. He was begging the judge to call me a vexatious litigant. <laughs> you know, and I was just simply telling the judge at the time is that Chip he doesn't even have he doesn't even have such nice matter jurisdiction because this is a bogus lawsuit based upon, you know, me posting a Facebook page profile page of him, you know, picture of him, which has already been noticed and counter noticed way back in November of two thousand ten. Well anyway, you know, US magistrate judge Matthew J. Whitworth, he was just simply going through the freaking motions here. And old Niggerlips didn't really want to have a trial. He first named the trial date, and he said, no, I don't want a trial date here. Now, we'll set it in January of 2016. Well, it don't look like that's going to happen. You know, the judges just simply told old Niggerlips to uh, show cause as to why the case shouldn't be dismissed. 
Okay. Well, that's fine. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Aussie Puke. I'm glad that you put the link to, to my webpage. I mean, you know, this goofy, this goofy, Luke the Puke, you know, the Aussie pedal poker, thinks that he's doing me a disservice by putting a link to my webpage of what I put up. No, 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 goofy pedal poster tart. If I go ahead and put up, if I go ahead and put up a web page, it's because I want people to see it. If you want to go ahead and show people it, that's fine with me. What am I going to do about it? You know, unlike, unlike Andre the Nigger, I don't put up pictures of me with underage goop pussy and tell them about how the white race ought to be bred out and then take it down. <laughs> but I put something up, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really ever take anything down unless Brian Real files bogus DMCA complaint here, you know, and makes me take it down. So anyway, uh, you know, Aussie, Aussie Puke, if you want to call in, I'm going to give you another minute or so to call in here. Uh, get off, get off the, uh, get off the little, you know, get off the little good boy here. You know what I mean? Wipe off. I, you know, you, you ought to be, you ought to be done on the downstroke here, or essentially, you know, having, you know, having the good boy here. Go ahead and plunge your, you know, smelly old Aussie pedal poster man China. You know, you know, tell him to finish up on the downstroke here. And I'll give you about another minute to call in here, okay? <laughs> you have a week to prepare for what? I mean, shoot. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what here. Don't worry. Don't give me a week to prepare. Don't give me a week to prepare. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know, I, you know, last time I checked here, last time I checked, I had two, I had two battery packs being recharged here. And I think the, the, the drill, I have three drills here. You know, one with a half inch spade wood drill bit here. Another with the, uh, with the, uh, you know, the metal silks kits here, you know, you know, it's a whole lot easier here. And then the third one here has the quarter-inch, you, know, dr- you know, drill bit here with a little carbide tip here. That would be the one I'd use on you, Luke Puke. But don't worry, they, you know, I have at least two of them, four batteries fully charged here. I'm ready for you right now. Okay, and bang, nigger lips, my real, and Tony Tucker Britain, and Bell Fick. Bring them all here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bring them all here, okay? Let's just have a, let's just have a home invasion. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's listening for a few inbred. Well, yes, but you're not inbred. You're a you're a you're a digger gook here. You're a digger gook kind of digger feel uh pedal poster here. You're not inbred. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey case here. Uh you know, I, I may I may even make a I may even make a parody song for you. But anyway, I think Luke the Puke is just gonna go ahead and act like a tard. I mean shit, what the fuck time it is here? 
it's probably shit. It's probably. Let me see. It's probably. Oh, it's probably what six thirty here in Petalpook's land here. So, you know, land of the non-rising, you know, a uh, hybrid nigger, hybrid nigger mangina here. You know, but they call it the dark hole. Anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and call it night. Sound good? Anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and say, Hail Victory. May Yahweh bless and good night. Pew kitty wants to impute to me what the oldest critter would do. But hey, grandson, instead of being a sterile faggot here, let me see. And clad in black, away, and we'll stamp out dog tyranny. White men go, we vote ho on the city roof. Let the red cock crow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. Adam Dell, Danny, disband, carry All who was there, the ruling man, carry White men go, we vote ho. On the city roof, let the red cock crow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. Oh, white men, their rifle suit, the Jews are laid low. On juggling next we stomp our boots. The stamp out got low. White men go, we vote ho. On the city roof, let the red cock crow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. We see the only love is great. I hope the love of God our only need. I hope white men go, we vote ho 
on the city roof. Let the red cock crow. White men go. Civil War, ho. On the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. We conquer for our causes right. Hi-ya-ya-ho. Our sons won't have to go and fight. Hi-ya-ya-ho. White men go. Revolt ho. On the city roof, let the red cock crow. White men go. Civil War ho. On the courthouse lawns, let red blood flow. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.